My beautiful friends, it's another gaming sermon from your duly anointed prophet of the gaming gods themselves, even Miyamoto the Father, Kojima the Son, and Carmack the Holy Ghost, who appeared to me in prophetic vision, commanded me to create the one true video game podcast in the way in which I was told to do such things. Is this simply interview creative and interesting people about their favorite gaming memories growing up? And today, spoiler alert, no different. We have a creative and interesting person, and we're going to chat him about his favorite gaming memories growing up. Oh my goodness. It's like you couldn't have seen it coming. Today on the podcast, we have music producer and composer extraordinaire, Black Moth. Yes, Black Moth. I'll put all the applicable links in the podcast description, but he makes dope-ass music. He's been all over the map. He's done record labels, different genres, just about basically everything. But his Black Moth project is ambient music, you know, like birds and trees and, ah, I'm a hippie. I want to be one with the universe. I see everything is connected. Oh, my God. You should try DMT. It made me so spiritual. He's not that shit. Most ambient music is bubbly and happy and peaceful. He felt there was enough peace in the world and we needed more darkness. So he makes ambient music, but instead of being ambient, he dubs the term doombient because it's dark. Flames and fires, the wailing and gnashing of teeth, the suffering of souls. So if that piques your interest, check him out. Again, all the podcast, all the links are in the podcast description. Black Moth, Instagram, Bandcamp, Spotify, Facebook, you name it. Check his shit out. He also dabbles in composing for music. Excuse me. He also dabbles in composing music for video games, movies, and TV. You can catch him doing sort of remixed new versions of soundtracks to different movies and video games online in various formats. And all around, I'm a big fan. I like his style. I like his aesthetic. Turns out he's a huge gamer nerd. And we had a fantastic conversation ranging from all the old classics, arguing about JRPGs and just talking video games games and geek culture in general and how that has all influenced him in his current artistic endeavors again black moth instagram facebook spotify whatever check it out support him support the podcast and me shall be blessed make sure to share the good news of the gaming gospel and the gods will rain down blessings from heaven in such great degree that ye shall not have enough room to receive them i say these things in the name of miyamoto the father kojima the son and Carmack the holy ghost amen and enjoy the show What does that shirt say? Arrow? Yeah, it's actually a, a green arrow shirt I got. From, <laughs> uh, I used to be part of like Funko's DC box when they were getting when they were doing it. So I've got like a whole lot of DC Funko's. I don't want to admit how many video game related t-shirts or like t-shirts <laughs> I have. Like for example, there's this shirt that takes the NASA symbol, you know, like the blue globe with like the white thing in the spaceship. Yeah. But instead of saying NASA, it says Aaron for Samus Aran from Metroid. Ah. Uh, I like those kind of like sort of subtle ones. It's not like in your face video games. But if you get it, you get it. If you see it. Right. I've uh I bought too many of those. It's like <laughs> it's just ridiculous at this point. So I saw, I saw that. And I was like, I think that's a Green Arrow shirt. My boy might be a. a <laughs> Real nerd. I got the sense. So 
I've been stalking. <laughs> I've been stalking you since I came across Snakes of Russia, and then his playlist. I found you through there. Right. Um, I was intrigued by the. It's the first time I've heard the phrase "doombient." Yes. Uh, give us uh, kind of like a spiel, quick. Who you are? I'll have an intro that I'll do, and, and uh-huh. you know, make you sound super badass and shit. So the the audience will have a, a sim, like somewhat of an idea of who you are. But uh, give us an intro of who you are and where the term "doombient" came from. Well, I'm Black Moth. I make uh, industrial ambient music. I call it, and uh, that's where the term "doombient" came from because it's very dark, dismal. You know, um, like doom music, doom metal. I used to listen to a lot of that. I still do. I don't know why I say I used to. I still do. And uh, I took the concepts of that and applied it to ambient because I was making ambient music for the longest. But in my heart of hearts, I knew that it needed some darkness. <laughs> Everybody was making the same stuff. Like it was like, why does ambient always have to be this like fruffy, filly, like plucks and 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 just it's peaceful all the time like let's do something different so yeah. i was like i'm gonna come up with my own genre and just push that and you know see if it it takes and I'm, i've noticed the hashtag starting to pop up everywhere so i'm like oh here we go <laughs> it's definitely like super music head music you yeah. know what i mean it's like i think it's the right place to start because i mean ambient music in itself is a very niche style mm-hmm. of music uh and you get and like yeah you're right most of it is like peaceful lots of tape stuff and like mm-hmm. bubbling delays and reverbs ah yeah and it's awesome i I, have, I follow a lot of people but i saw that or that type of music but you are the only one that, that i'm aware of that's just like ambient but pure darkness it's right. uh <laughs> it'd be good i mean and i another thing that another thing that popped out to me that i really liked when i started scrolling you and stalking you on instagram i liked that you were doing like mock movie scores like you were redoing movie scores and i'm like dude a youtube channel of that i would watch that all fucking day (laughs) if you like you should keep doing that i mean if like your own versions of movie scores i would like i would rewatch all the movies it would (laughs) i think i think that's like you know how people on youtube they'll do like the path they'll take is they'll do like super fire covers of famous songs they'll switch right. the style up or something they can't monetize the covers but they get a name from covers and then they can use that to start to put their own music it helps them climb the ladder and get their yeah. word out i think i don't know if that's your style or not but if you did a youtube channel of like alternate movie scores god that would be badass i don't know if you've maybe you're already doing it it's, it's in the works it's in the works it's between that and um doing like redoing game scores so I got plans That's for both a, of that. That too. In yeah. fact, I, I thought about that. I was like, ooh. And in fact, I, I was thinking, I should steal that idea and do it for games, though, to help promote yeah. the podcast. Mm-hmm. I like all, all the content I create now, music and video, it's just trying to like promote the podcast. Uh, yeah, we both did like, well, we talked before this about doing record labels and being music and trying to make it in the music world. And props to you. That's a rough go. Yeah. I mean, you might. <laughs> <laughs> paying your bills doing music is like, if you can just pay your bills. Right, you're in the that's... you're in the top ten percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a rough it's a rough go. So anyway, that's the idea I had. I'm like, I know I would be interested in alternate movie scores or game scores. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the the push right now for me is getting into scoring. Like doing doing albums and stuff is great, and there's a little bit of trickle down of of, of funds that you get from that. But it's nothing compared to the retirement check of syncing your music and getting into scoring because, you know, yes. you got the royalty checks coming in. And the, so I've been kind of trying to really squeeze my way back that way. 
um, away from you know the album releases and stuff like that. I mean, I still do music because you know there's a passion for that, but the real passion is getting into scoring, whether it's for games or movies or both. So yeah, I think I mean I can't think of a better way to break into the industry instead of like the old-fashioned ways like who you know like that's cool it is important who you know but if you just fill the youtube channel up of fucking badass alternate soundtracks you're mm-hmm. gonna get work right you know what i mean it, it will happen yeah. if like and i i know as a fan I, like, I was like that's some of my favorite content like, i'm thinking of one post in particular i forgot what the movie was what's like it was pretty recent like what's the most recent time you posted uh, something like that let's see i know i did like a, a one for uh blade runner that's it it was Blade Runner. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then right, I think right before that or after that, I redid. Um, it was Akira. So, oh, I need yeah. to go back and watch that. I must have missed that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Blade Runner had uh, some. How did you feel about the Blade Runner sound, 2049 soundtrack? I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was very subtle. It wasn't like really heavy and stuff. So it was kind of like you know. But there was those moments where you needed, and that's why I kind of got inspired to do. I was like, man, you know what? What if I amped this up a little bit? What if I hyped it up a little bit more? Give it some more, you know, tension. You know. Yeah. I think it was the idea behind that was to not overpower the film with the music so that way the dialogue and the scene that's going on was more prominent than the music because i noticed the music was very it's just literally background you know yes yeah so i was like you know what let's let's intensify this just a little bit let's make the music more what's telling the story than the scene so what's uh yeah. for your akira how how many minutes of the total playtime did you do for akira it was actually just the scene where um Canada was actually fighting with Akira in the uh, stadium. Oh, like the ending. Okay. Yeah, the end. Yeah. Nice. I went and saw that in when they did like the re-release in theaters, the 4K mm-hmm. version. Oh, I went and saw it in nice. theaters. I was the only person in the theater, but <laughs> it was magical. I got like stoned beyond belief, like borderline pan- <laughs> Just like I'm gonna have a panic attack. Perfect. That's right where I'm gonna need to be. And I sat just like alone in the middle of that. Um, and then my friend ended up coming. It was just me and my homie, nice. and he had never seen. He's like into anime, but he had just never seen. Akira, like he knew it was what? this groundbreaking foundational <laughs> anime. I, I, don't, I like, honestly don't know. I was like, I was like, wait, you've never seen it? That's like, crazy. You, you're my anime friend. Like you're the kid I ask for anime <laughs> advice, and you, Akira's like foundational. Right. You get it. Yeah. Anyway, it should be the first thing you see. <laughs> yeah, and it was uh, he, it was cool to watch it and see him see it for the first time yeah. as an anime fan. It's it was the it was the first one for me, I think. And yes. then right after that, it was uh, Vampire Hunter D. That's it. Just it was just the domino effect from that point on. I just, yeah. it just kept going and going. I was like, oh, this is this is the way right here. <laughs> this is the way. Yeah. The the, uh, the the holy trifecta for me was Akira, Vampire Hunter D, and Ninja Scroll. Those yes. were the first three that I... I think Ninja Scroll is actually the first one I saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, I th- I've told this story on the podcast before, but it's like a... Just a quick... Like, my dad came down. I, I was at renting it at Blockbuster, and I'm like, this is a mm-hmm. cartoon with ninjas. Looks dope as shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> right. rent it. Whatever. He, like, comes downstairs, and I'm watching it. We have, like, this little TV downstairs, and it's, like, right in the scene where the stone dude is, like, ripping the girl's top off mm-hmm. and sucking on her <laughs> boobs. And I, I'm like... <laughs> seven or eight right and my dad's what the fuck is this shit (laughs) i'm like i didn't know dad i swear i didn't know but this is dope i got (laughs) it's so crazy it's like you look at it you think you think oh it's a cartoon okay it's gonna be cool and it's just like whoa this is beyond cartoon yeah i I think it's just crazy the amount of uh, energy and effort they put into it it's like no matter how big or small the production is or what the show is about or anything it's always like this theatrical performance like there's so much 
energy and effort put into anime. It's yeah, it's just great. And what I'm, from what I understand recently, like just some um, some media is that like the working in anime kind of sucks. Apparently, mm. like that's they don't man. they don't make good money and well, that's it's crazy. Sucks. And see, that makes it even more like classic because it's like you're putting in all that effort to know you're not going to get like that big huge return for it, but you're still putting yeah. it in. You know, that's kind of like doing music. I mean, right, you, it's to respect you, for quality. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. it's the same as music. You might get lucky, and you can maybe build a fan base over time. But like, if you want it, the big money, yeah, you got to something more than just. It's that. That's a, that's an interesting conundrum. It's that that yeah. does what make like what you do. It's I want people to go check it out. I think the internet has made more niche musical styles grow over right. time. Yeah. Like I find I run into people who I don't view as a music head and sometimes they pull out some a really obscure thing they've gotten into and surprise mm-hmm. me and I'm like, damn, you went down this rabbit hole? <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. I have been preaching like the gospel of Lorne since I discovered him. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh you in my mind you fall in like kind of that same umbrella, which is right. like this yeah, this like it doesn't have to be club heavy sh- to be dark and right. dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like rock and roll, heavy screaming, head banging mosh pit. It can mm-hmm. be heavy and dope and ambient right. at the same time in atmosphere. Yeah, that took a lot. Of, like I said, it took a lot from like doom music. I wanted to make sure that like without the vocals, I still portrayed that emotive of you know mm-hmm. this is that dark sadness that you know, but it's still ambient. So it's meditative, but then it like puts you in this just uncomfortable space. You know, and I try to blend blend both. So there's like that that main hint of ambient that's still nice but then all of a sudden these dark scents come in and you're like what wait what you just you just switched i don't know how to feel right now <laughs> you know? yeah 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 what's your uh what's your favorite video game soundtrack as of right now i am really enjoying the soundtrack of control Yes! Bro! Bro! Bro, I have been hyping control. I don't people are sleeping on that game as a oh, whole. Yeah. yeah. As a, they're sleeping that on that game. It's amazing. You know, and I played I played Quantum Break and I was like, this is amazing. And then when they said they had another game coming out, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Now I have to check this out. And it just blew that out of the water. I was just like, what this is this is phenomenal. Bro, it's like it's it's got some issues. I, I played it first initially on the PS4 on a Pro, and there was some like some technical frame rate and slowdown. There's some issues, mm-hmm. but it's like they went somewhere so fresh, which kind of goes into what we're talking about music. Like they took first off paranormal stuff outside of horror games and video games doesn't really happen. Right. Like if it's paranormal, it's going to be a horror game. Mm-hmm. This is an action game. It's action sci-fi, but it's paranormal and dark, and right. the music's all dark, and it's but it's not horror, mm-hmm. right? It's just I don't know how to explain it. And that through the the levitating it's very ability, psychological. Yeah, yeah, it's very psychological, <laughs> and it plays with like yes, paranormal and this middle ground, like trying to explain paranormal with sci-fi, but it's also just mm-hmm. an action game, and you have right. fucking cool superpowers. <laughs> God, started, that game is so when good. I started flying. I was like, "Oh, this is this is amazing." <laughs> and then the lore. Are right. you uh, are you getting into the lore and reading all the notes? Yeah, I uh, I've been collecting them and then slowly going back and sitting down and reading through stuff. I'm one of those people. I sit through the lore and read it. I play Destiny and I, I as soon as I get a lore piece, I'm like, "Up, oh, time to go read it." So, yeah, you know. that's how I play Control. I every yeah. I didn't wait. As soon as I found <laughs> it, I read it the yeah. whole thing, no matter what. Right. Yeah, it's good. It's good. God, I'm so glad because I. I <laughs> People, I've just been telling people, and like people are like, yeah, hey, I don't know. I'm like, you guys don't get it. All right, you got you got to experience it to get it. Yeah, it's so good. Now, there, also, have you beaten it? 
I beat the main story. Well, I got into the part point of technically beating it, so I'm in the end game part of it where I'm now, you know, the director uh, yes, officially. Yes. So yes. that's where I got, and I, that was where I stopped. I hadn't gone back yet. So I will say the ending is a little anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay, it's cool, but. It's like we obviously there's got to be a sequel or something right. to kind of flesh the the DLCs. Um, there's the AWE DLC mm-hmm. and then two other ones. The two other ones are decent, but the AWE DLC. I don't know how much if you've been spoiled, but no, I I, I picked them up. I haven't played them yet. But, okay, yeah. you gotta. Are you a fan of Alan Wake? Yeah, you should play the DLC. Okay, AWE. <laughs> you should do that. Like. As soon as possible. And there's also, like, super cool gear and shit that you get in the DLC that you can't get. Um, but, yeah, that, God, that, that game is so good. Yeah. Like, the moment I heard the, the, I was, like, playing, and, like, this the music started playing, and I was like, wait, hold up. So I just stopped in the middle of the game, just started listening, and I went to iTunes immediately and was like, yep, got to get this soundtrack. Yep. Listen to this. <laughs> yep. I, uh, there's, uh, when you get to the first, it's like early boss fight, mm-hmm. what's like the first floater dude is kind of like by the mail room, I think. Yeah. It's in the mail room. Yeah. Yeah. The mail room. There's like, there's a kind of just like a background, that area is sort of backing track. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called, but I'm sure it's, it's on your soundtrack. I would just load up a save and just have that running in the background when I was like doing <laughs> chores and shit, just to have right. that background music. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. So. What got you? It sounds like you've always been in. So I step back. When I was stalking you, I forgot what <laughs> posts. But you did. You mentioned a few things about video games, and I got. I got the impression. Now I'm pretty sure because of the anime T-shirt. I think you've been into gaming for a hot minute. Like you're an OG. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The games. Hell yeah. Games have been always a, a, a part of of life. <laughs> There's always I think I think I've owned every console except for like the newer PlayStations. I me and me and Sony had a falling out, so I I, oh, haven't, no. I haven't gone back to Sony for a while. <gasps> so, but when, when did you fall out from Sony? When uh, it what? was it was PlayStation Two. I I <laughs> really I worked at GameStop and uh, <laughs> I did too. I uh, I I kind of I kind of poked fun at the Sony rep. And the response I got made me kind of like off-putting going on Sony, because I was like, "Hey man, like I got a question for you." I was like, "See that over there on this wall? Those are the refurb and send back Xboxes. There's not very many of them." And like over here, we have the GameCubes. There's like two. These things are invincible. But why do we have this big, huge wall of PlayStation Twos? <laughs> like, what's going on here? And he was like, "I was like, do you guys have any plans on fixing the issue?" Because I was talking, you know, at the time it was having everybody was having the same problem, and it was like, why isn't Sony, you know, working on fixing the system or doing an update or something? And I was like, why would you guys fix this yet? Why we why we keep getting these returns? And he's like, because it's such a good product, people are just going to keep buying it no matter what. So why should we have to fix? Why should we fix? It. They're just gonna just buy another one anyway, and I was like, "Oh, I won't be buying another one then." <laughs> like, Damn, that's pretty cold. Yeah, that's pretty cold. I was like, I, I mean, was like, man, yeah, they're very corporate. They're 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 dead serious on this stuff. Uh, so I was like, yeah. yeah, nah. So I've just been Xbox, Xbox, and Nintendo since then. But it's too bad because as corporate as they may be, Sony's yeah. <laughs> they got some fucking There's some IPs. Times I see some stuff and I'm like, <laughs> bro, whatever. You, look, I won't tell. I won't tell anybody. But you should borrow a PS4 and play God of War. You need oh, to yeah. do that. There's there's one in the house somewhere. There's <laughs> it doesn't belong to me because it's in the house somewhere. <laughs> Have you played Last of Us? No, I've been. That's uh, one I do want to play though. Like I've, I've seen a lot, and I'm like, man, I have to get my hands on this and, and experience yeah. it at, at the least. You know, that is a dark, push, gritty push my, game. Push my negativities aside and yes. enjoy something for. <laughs> you know? Look, I, I don't. 
Look, you can still rage against Sony and enjoy a couple games. I right. think it's okay. I think it's okay. But like, play the game, and then when it's done, I'm just like, you're still some trash. Yeah, yeah. Burn it. Make a statement. What year were you born, if you don't mind me asking? 1980. 80. Okay, so you're a little bit... Was your first console a 2600? Uh, yeah. Ha-ha! <laughs> Boom! Nice. Uh, what yeah. do you remember from the 2600? Man, I remember playing Joust. I remember the Spider-Man game. That game was crazy. The Superman game. I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of games. Let's see. Oh, the, that Haunted House game? That was, oh, like, yeah. weird. We're just, we're just, it, it was so simple how, like, a lot of these games were, but they, they were, like, so hard. I remember that game being so hard, and it's, like, it's just some, like, weird mazes with these little blots moving around that are supposed to be ghosts. Like, what? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, what else did I play? Oh, Tanks. That was that was always fun. Just shooting little 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 pixels at things. It's it's weird to look back and like all the old classic games that as simple as they are, I think they were way harder and more just just more like in depth than anything that's out now. And it's like, but it was nothing. <laughs> it was like it was like some, you're just pushing some dots around. It was like I would get so mad and rage about the littlest things. Like why is it so hard? But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, those older games because they were they were so simplified. They would it's like they were reduced down to just like what what is the core mechanic right. and is it fun? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we're and we also because we have like one tiny byte whatever the the memory was back then right it's like what one megabyte of whatever uh we gotta and we want people to play this for like six months so right. we're just gonna make it insanely hard <laughs> i think it, it trickled into like all the other systems too like nintendo there was just stuff that's just like oh, i can like look at it stuff. now and i'm like oh i'm about to pick up this nintendo like we have one in the house and i'll go grab something and i'll put it in and i'll start to play and I'm like why is this so hard like i sit here and i play like call of duty and all this other stuff and it's like i got 800 more buttons and and it's it's all easy then i go hop on mario and i'm like why do i keep dying i should be able yeah. to smash this <laughs> yeah the difficulty is a it's a it's a real thing like i mean some modern games bring that back in like the dark Souls series is known for being brutal and like yes. in Lots of trial and error in order mm-hmm. to figure out. But that's what it was back in the day. It was, you just, okay. Like, I remember Ninja Gaiden being a rough one. Oh, on that NES. was so rough. <laughs> I think that's the original Dark Souls for me. That that game, I don't <sighs> think I really got far ever that game. I, I, I yeah. just kept dying so much. I was like, I just give up. I'm done. I, I can't. This is crazy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it's like, you get, a, you get a certain length and then you die. And you have to start all the way over again. Right. And it's just trial and error. So the farther you get... Like, the higher risk this scenario gets, because you've got to mm-hmm. replay the whole game all the way all to right. that point to get a new rep in, get a new trial and error cycle mm-hmm. in. And so, like, in the beginning, you progress pretty quick, because you can play the first level really quick, on you can memorize it. Right. But it's like, you get to the fifth level, and you get to, a, okay, I'm on the fifth level, and I'm halfway through. This is uncharted territory, uncharted mm-hmm. territory for me. I have like one life and half, and like and half my life left, and like <laughs> the pressure because you know if you die, you got to play that whole fucking game right. all <laughs> the way to get back to this, just to see to figure out if you cannot die in the same spot again. Right, and it's you know just else was brutal. Like Shinobi, <laughs> yes, Shinobi. I played some Shinobi too. Man. Shinobi was a. Gen- you had a Genesis. Well, you said you had every console. I've had right? everything. I've even had a Dreamcast. Ooh. That's did you have Saturn? Uh, yeah. Wow, you are the first guest, I believe, that actually like every had time a something came off came up. I got it. I was like, oh, I'm getting that. Oh, I'm getting that. 
I think the only thing I haven't owned is a Tur- Turbo Graphics 16. I haven't. I, oh. I never got. I never jumped on that. But what everything about else, Virtual Boy? Yep. Really? Damn. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get you with that one. Damn it. <laughs> That's I've had legit. All incarnations of Game Boy. Everything. I still have my Dreamcast, which is really cool because like once I discovered that it was Windows based, I was like, wait, oh, I can just like make all my games and, and have them all the time that's yeah. just that's just cool I, I i do i i do give a nod to 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 microsoft in their craftiness on that one they're like hey sega we got your back we're gonna make you a console you'll it's it's gonna be nice then they make it and then they're like ah oh, this is really cool you know what we're gonna call it the xbox <laughs> i was like looking at the control i was like when the xbox came out i looked at the controller and then i looked over at my dreamcast and i was like this is the same thing they just made it black and called it an xbox that's mean (laughs) so are are you saying that like initially microsoft helped develop the dreamcast for sega or that they just copied the dreamcast controller with the with the xbox i don't know i i, I i'm, I'm it's, it's, it's 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 a fishy situation oh, you it gotta, sounds kind of like them the microsoft uh, slash apple situation where hey we were working together and we saw the potential in this and so we decided to go our own way with it <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I, I, I actually, I had not thought about that, but the moment you brought them up, that is true, because that original Xbox controller was pretty big and similarly right. shaped to the if Dreamcast you look at controller. The, the, the ports on the front of the Dreamcast and the way the ports are on the front of the Xbox and the way the controller hooks up is exactly the same. Mm. Yeah, I was like, ah, interesting. interesting. At first, I didn't notice it. Then I, it was, took me a couple of years. I was looking at my Dreamcast, and I was like, wait a minute. They're very similar. It's like, huh. And it was around the same time, like, as the Dreamcast started to fade off, it was around the same time that the Xbox got announced. So I was like, well, okay. Mm. I mean, hey, teach their own. That's I a good conspiracy Xbox. theory. I like conspiracy. <laughs> I might have to look into that. I, that one's sexy. Like, yeah. I like conspiracy theories are awesome because most of the time they're bullshit, but every once in a while they're real. And so it's like gambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a slot machine. Like, ooh, this one sounds cool. I love might my be conspiracy real. theories. Conspiracy you theories what? are great. I said I like my conspiracy theories. My cryptids. Conspiracy theories. It works in gaming because you can it, it, you have that thought process of you're playing the game and you just automatically come up with theories like what's going to happen next. Oh, I see this guy. I, I think he's going to be this. And then as you play and things unfold, it's always great to be right because you're just like, oh yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I called it. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's your favorite like narrative? You've had all the consoles and most of the games. What's the best story? The best story for me is the story of James Sunderland. In Silent Hill 2. Ooh! <laughs> For a man who hates the PlayStation 2, he's repping a, a legendary PS2 I, game. I have to admit, that game... You know, it's weird. It's funny. Like, I really didn't really get into a lot of scary games. I mean, I played Resident Evil. I, I played them all. And they were, like, they were scary, but not really. And then Silent Hill came out, and I grabbed that. And I, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm going to be honest. For as dark and, and dismal as my music is and my persona is, I put that disc in i turned that game on and within the first like maybe 10 10 10 seconds of gameplay and stuff was i actually had i paused it and i was like do i even want to play this (laughs) i don't think i want to go here (laughs) and i never did i actually took the game back i got a return i actually ended up playing it like two two or three years later because i was just like "Ah." i was like i can't do it but i did i did play through silent hill 2 and silent hill 2 was very psychological it was very you know Kojima is like a genius as far as I'm concerned. 
because like all his stuff is just this deep narrative that like you you have to really sit down and try and figure out what's going on and then when you think you've got it when you think like oh this is it i know what's going on it like totally confuses you and you're like wait what and then even that still isn't the answer you're still left you're like you're done with the game and you're still left going what what was that all about you know it's just, it's crazy crazy but that story was awesome i still don't understand like for the longest time i was like is james in hell did he kill his wife like what's going on (laughs) i interpreted it as he definitely killed his wife and he's coming to terms i think he got struggle he he couldn't deal with the struggle anymore the the, the depression and dealing with it and you know yeah he's being you know and and the 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 characters the enemies represent that you know the nurses represent the hospital you know the uh, pyramid head represented an uh uh, you know uh, um somebody that was punishing him you know for what he did but actually at the same time which was cool is like even though the pyramid head was punishing him he was also guiding him through silent hill he was pushing him forward through the story or through his journey there so he can figure out why he needed to be punished so i thought that was really cool and then uh, I noticed, yes. like, at the end, you know, I picked that up at the end, too, when he finally came to terms with what happened, and then the pyramid had killed himself because he was no longer necessary because yes. that was his role, was to get him to see what he had done, and his ultimate punishment was realizing that. So I was like, yes. that's really cool. That's it why it's my really favorite cool. game story. That's, that's the narrative right there. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The game- if you haven't played it, there you go. Now you know. There you no. go. It's dope. It's still <laughs> worth it. You should have played it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> That game, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I think you were the only person that has brought that up for specifically for story, and definitely maybe the only person who's brought it up. It's um, a, a back to sound. I it, I don't know if you remember this, but it was one of the first games, and it, it was wasn't Dolby, but it was called EAS, mm-hmm. and it was like some sort of kind of like binaural stuff with headphones. They had yep. a, some sort of technique where they could make things. It, it's not as convincing as real surround sound now. Mm-hmm. But it was better than regular stereo back in the day. I'll tell you what, you say that, and, and, and I agree, but at the same time, there were numerous times where I would be wearing heads, a headset, and I'd be playing You'd that turn game, around. and I'd yes. turn around like, what the hell was that? What the fuck, yes, <laughs> oh yes. That's what I was gonna, like, there's a few times that game freaked me out. Like, I knew, because that was part of the marketing for that game. It's mm-hmm. like this, this like at the time, cutting-edge sound technique to make things right. sound 3D, even though they're just distant And they took stereo. advantage of that really well. Yeah, like, they there's, did. There was, like, in the prison, like, you heard all these sounds. Like, you, there was, a, I felt so many times that, like, Pyramid Head was behind me because they made sure the sounds were there like that. Like, you'd yes. hear the footsteps behind you, and you'd turn around in the game, and it's like, nothing there. And then you'd yeah. hear them somewhere else, and you're like, oh, crap. And so you'd, like, stay, like, you could go through a whole entire level and not face a single enemy but you'd be on the edge of your seat tensed up and terrified that something was going to pop out on you just because of the sounds and how they were like it was surround like that it was so cool but he's like always cool doing cool stuff like that like i remember in metal gear with um psycho manis i i struggle i i have to admit I struggled so hard with Psycho Mass. There, you don't know how many times I reset my PlayStation or thought something was wrong with it, and then I finally realized, like, oh, the game's <laughs> doing that. Okay. Yeah. Well played. Well played. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you had any, at the time you played it, if you had any Konami games saved on your memory card, Psycho oh. Mantis would, would also talk to you about the games you've been yeah, playing. Yeah, I heard about that. I didn't at the time, but yeah, um, I heard about that. That's cool. That, yeah, that fucked me up. Like, <laughs> my brain, I, I, it freaked me out because I, I came from like a hyper religious background, and I had mm-hmm. like some legit superstition about like spirits, and oh, wow. uh, I had at the time like super superstitious, and my parents were very 
like against games in general and adult-ish games and i already like at the time felt like i was doing something bad by playing right. metal gear <laughs> and like superstition <laughs> of like this the devil punishing me and shit oh, and no. when psycho mantis <laughs> started talking to me i was playing the jrpgs <laughs> about sui Coden and like <laughs> reading off details on my save file oh, that's what was happening i didn't know that was happening right Bro, I thought I had lost my soul. Like I thought, like I had invited a demon into my. I was gonna get possessed, and it was going down. I was right. freaked out. Yeah, I got so mad when I thought that my game froze because I was like, "Man, this, this boss is hard." And then I yeah. froze, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, oh, so I reset my PlayStation and everything, and then I was like, "Wait, okay, I'm back in the boss fight again." Okay, and then it did something different. I was like, "What's going on?" I, that was just great. That's just like. I'm telling every time, like that's I look forward to his games all the time because there's always some kind of cool element like that. Did you like Death Stranding? Um, I haven't played it yet, and I mm. I, I, I want to. I, you, I'm gonna have to just do it. You're gonna you're, you're talking me into it, and I'm gonna have to <laughs> give up, give it up, I, and just <laughs> grab one. <laughs> I don't know about that one. That's the only Kojima game I haven't played. I think. Do you oh, know? I haven't played Police Knots, which is like an old kind of like visual novel but other than that i've played all of them and uh i'm i'm torn like it doesn't look interesting to me when i watch videos it's interesting because uh there's a theory going around a conspiracy theory yes you had it's me the secret release and not titled as such of silent hill it has something to do with silent hill it's actually remember when they were he talked they talked about silent hills and it was like the the pt game had come out yes. and all that yes yeah yeah they had talked about there was another one that was going to be released, but it wouldn't be released under that name. And it would be the next game. There's all this like conspiracy where he keeps leaving these hints everywhere. And uh, apparently, if I, if I remember correctly, Reedus was supposed to play the main protagonist in the new Silent Hill. Yes, And then all was. of a sudden, Death Stranding came out, and he was the main protagonist. Yes. So there's a theory that it's actually Silent Hill. It's, one, it's part of the series. It's, it's part of the, the shared universe, I guess, mm -hmm. of Silent yeah. Hill. Interesting. I need to go look. I need to read more into that. I but I think Konami recently announced they are going to do a new Silent Hill oh, game. Damn it, Konami yeah. new Silent Silent Hill. Konami says go easy. Oh, that was a rumor. They're denying the rumor. It was. It was the. Com oh, that's right. The composer of Silent Hill Two said something that made people think there's like a new Silent Hill. Oh, you know what works. I think happened? It's um, Medium. Because Akira Yamamoto is doing, he did the soundtrack for Medium. So you probably was talking about that while it was oh. in production. He couldn't talk about it. So everybody assumed probably that, uh, oh, is it a new Silent Hill? So, that's Because it, it has is. a yeah. very similar theme where it's, you know, going from into, you know, different realms back and forth, like how Silent Hill works. And then so now you also have, you know, Akira Yamamoto doing the soundtrack. So it's like, wait, is that is that Silent Hill? So... But yeah, that I have to play sense. that still. I need to get a. I, I haven't got a Series X yet, so I need to like get on that whenever they restock and the bots don't steal it from me first. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried like four times, and the bots are the bots are ruthless. Yes, dude, it's, <laughs> the bots. Everything. I want a. I want a new graphics card. I want a PS5, and like they're they're impossible. It's yeah. impossible. What I was gonna say about the medium. I have Games Pass. Which do you have Games Pass? By the way. Yep, sure do. It's yeah. the fucking shit. The yeah. only problem is. Games Pass, when I downloaded the medium, Games Pass is buggy on PC, at least mm -hmm. for me, and it just crashes on launch every time oh, I launch no. it. And I was so excited. I'm like, so I uninstalled it. I'm just going to wait for like a couple of patches to come out and try it again. Mm -hmm. But I want to play that game because, yeah. one, because of the composer, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, yeah, it looks like a, like a spiritual successor to Silent Hill. Yeah. It looks dope. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, um, both of my uh, favorite game composers are on that. Like, I, I love everything that comes from, from Blooper, man. Blo- Blooper is just, oh, they make some good games. Like, like uh, Faith, oh, both of the, um, what's it, uh, Layers of Fear. Those games are great. Observer. I haven't played any of Observer those. Observer was amazing. I have <laughs> like, played Observer, yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, that's another one that has a, that, that would be like, up there for narratives for me like because it was unexpected you know it's like oh it's this little you know cyberpunk horror thing you know and, and it was it, it seemed deep as i played it but i didn't think it was gonna go that deep you know and it was just like wow that's oh, really wait. good at the end of the I, day i was like man this is great i haven't played this one i was confusing it with there's another one where you like you copy yourself at the end of the game that's not observer right you wake up. You're like the. There's another game that's like a sci-fi first-person like type of horror survival where it's like you are the discarded body of someone who had like copied their consciousness to the cloud, and you don't find out till the end of the game that you're just like the oh, leftovers. Wow. No, I don't. That's that's not there's observer. A, there's a similar thing in there, but it's not. No, that's not observer because observer you're a detective and so you're trying to find your that's son. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to play this. This looks dope. I've never even heard of this. Oh, this is like, you got to play that. That's fuck. This looks great. good. They just came out with a, a um an update version called Redux. So it should be it's it's with some new levels and the graphics are enhanced, but it's Is it is it like story or is it like a first person shooter shooter? It's a it's a story. There's it, it just um it's kind of like a it's Have you played any of the Layers of Fear games? I have not. Oh, but it's kind of like um, it's kind of like how like PT and all those games are, where it's just you know a first person like you know you're exploring and you're you're enhanced. So like you're a detective and you're solving different murders and crime scenes, but at the same time you're looking for your son. There's a, I was a there was a uh, an incident that happened you know back in the day called the uh, the nanophage, and so that's like a disease that's going around that's causing augmented people to like malfunction and you know they Ooh. go on these murder sprees and things like that. And so you investigate that stuff, and you're augmented. So the way you solve murders or solve you know, different crimes is you actually can jack into the victims and see their last moments and look for clues and stuff like that. It's really cool. And then there's just like this big, deep conspiracy going on also within the game that you're unfolding. And you're, uh, you started Dude, out a, in a, in a God, hotel or something like that. And so you're like going around you know, knocking on doors and asking people information and stuff. And the more you discover as far as clues, the more the story moves forward. It's really good. Uh, I'm pulling it up on Steam. I got to get this. That sounds like <laughs> everything I like in a video game. Yeah. Sci-fi, cool lore. I like lore. I'm kind of a lore nerd. Oh, yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned that with Destiny. I'm like that. Did you ever play Mass Effect? I, well, the only one I played was Andromeda. I haven't played the old ones. I need to go back and play oh. them because I do have them. I just haven't like got deep into them yet. Uh, people hate on Andromeda, and the story-wise, it can, it sucks all the dick. But yeah. the gameplay in Andromeda, yeah. the uh, <laughs> like the battle system is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it, like it, 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 it had a great great concept as far as like the build of the game, and then it's just the other stuff was just kind of like, eh. yes, it had potential. But good news for you, they just announced the Legendary Edition, all three games in one for yes. Mass Effect. With everything being updated with controller support and better battle systems and streamlined and rebalancing. Yes. It is Mass Effect was amazing because it was revolutionary, but it was actually kind of janky, especially the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost good that you waited all these years because now you can play the experience like refined Enhanced. and polished. It's right. whew, You're going to like that game. I think you're going <laughs> to like Mass Effect. But those are three 60-hour games. So wow. good luck with that. 
Yeah. But this, <laughs> yeah. The lore, oh, I, forgot, I brought it up because of lore. So you get into the Destiny lore. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect has this codex, basically, that the game, the series is called Mass Effect because the fundamental breakthrough in technology that allows for faster than light travel and all, like a lot of technology is called the Mass Effect. And they're able to use, like, it's made up, but the idea is like you use some sort of gravitational manipulation to make artificially reduce the mass or increase mm-hmm. the mass of matter. And that's the basis behind your shields, your weapons, um, the warp drives, and and like every piece of gear and kit has an explanation of how it works into the greater world, the history, that's the corporations. Cool. Like you can go into just text and text. It's like a there's a full novel in all of those games that explains so I love the, the games the, like that. Yeah, it's the best. It's the yeah, best. Like, there's like it's not just like oh you're playing this and it is what it is. It's like no you're playing this, but. Here's the story behind what's going on, or here's the story yes. behind that thing you found, or you know why is this building here? Oh, because this. You know, I, I love stuff like that. It makes you it gets you more connected to to the game, and then it makes it more immersive because now you actually it's like you're it's a living world to you now because you know why this is this way, or why these people are acting this way, or why this works this way. You know, I like that. Yes, definitely. Did you play Cyberpunk 2077? By oh, the way, yeah, I, I'm still playing it. <laughs> Hell yeah! How far? You know are what's you? crazy? I. Uh, I'm playing it on a seri- uh, uh, an S, right? An Xbox One S. Unlucky me, I haven't had any problems. And I see all these complaints and everybody's like, this game is like buggy. I'm like, it, it hasn't glitched or done anything for me. Yeah, Dude, the graphics had- aren't 100%, but I expected that because it's an Xbox One S. But yeah. I haven't had any problems. I've played through, I've played through the whole story. And and I'm right now I'm going I because when you beat it, you actually are allowed to go back. So I went back and now I'm working on the side missions. And I'm, yeah. still, I'm not having any problems. Yeah, so, I had no problems. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Now, I haven't played it since the newest update. I heard the newest update messed it up for Xbox. But, so I haven't seen that yet. Oh, but, I heard some ne- negative news about that, too, that like yeah. they, had to, they had to hot fix their hot fix. Yeah. Like, people, were, people were joking about that. I didn't have any issues. I played it on PC. I had no issues. Um, no. I had one crash at the very end of the game. I thought it was awesome when you were talking about the observer. What reminded me when you were talking about jacking and people seeing mm-hmm. people's last moments is that similar mechanic with yeah. the brain dance thing in, uh, which they didn't use that much. Ultimately, nah. like they nah. they prop it up as like I guess what I'm trying to say is my only complaint about Cyberpunk is that it was like not there wasn't enough. It ended, yeah. and I'm like, you set up all this cool shit in lore, but we really didn't do. Like, there's just this huge world. I'm like, I guess DLCs and sequels and stuff can play on all this, but I just wanted more. That's like, why is it already over? This shit was awesome. (laughs) I want more. You've created this huge world. Like, it's it's MMO quality world. Yes. You know, and it's like, you play through this story that's really essentially linear, and then it's done, and you're just like, wait, there could have been so much more. I could have done, you know, it's like, and I, I think... In my second playthrough, like as I'm going through it, I'm like, I'm taking my time and like I don't care about the story. Like Jackie can keep on calling me all he wants to on the phone. Yeah. I'm not coming. Yeah. I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go explore. I'm not doing the story. <laughs> like stop bothering me. I wanna go figure everything. Cause there's yeah. like so many hidden things and you know, weapons and lore and just stuff you can find. And I'm just like, Yeah, I am I'm now nah, I'm gonna enjoy it this go around. And the story but. was good. I thought like the voice acting and the facial animations, like all the characters were done really well there wasn't that many i think part of it was because i was really big into the witcher 3 and by the time the witcher 3 was complete you had three dlcs the last one blood and wine being like 30 hours in and of Mm -hmm. itself as a dlc 
So I, I forget that The Witcher 3 took like five years to get to that after release to what it right. was that I remember. So I, I think I went into the game thinking like I was going to get Witcher 3 level depth and breadth across the board at launch, which obviously wasn't the case. I mean, the launch of Cyberpunk has become... Dude, I have a conspiracy theory about that. Like, I don't think the launch was as bad as the media. Yeah. I, I says it is. But I don't know. Because if, like, if you really think about it, like that first week when all the influencers were like, "Yeah, I've been. I got 50 hours in," and there were a couple bugs here and there, and there was a couple of crashes, you know. But nobody was like really like mad. Nobody was like, "Oh, this game's trash. Don't get it until they yes, fix it." Yeah. You know, and they had already played it. They played through the story. They some people had like two or three playthroughs in, and they were like, "Man, this game is great." And then it released, and then all of a sudden, this game's a shit show. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, but but all the other game people, you know, even when IGN reviewed it before it came out, they were like, there are a few bugs, but nothing that makes it that the game's unplayable. And then when I yeah. played it, I was like, this isn't unplayable. And you know, yeah, every once in a while, there's something will glitch or something happen. And it's not that it, it's not game breaking. You're not going to be like, oh, well, now I can't play. It's just like, oh, hey, that dude randomly just flew through the air. Or, oh, that car blew up for no reason. Cool. It's funny to me, you know. Like, yeah. Like, like I see stuff like that, and I'm like, ha, <laughs> you know. And then people get so mad. Like I, you know, my wife gets mad at me because she's like, she's like, why are you always fussing about games or people complaining about games? Like because I just I don't understand why they fuss and complain because it's just like these things happen. You have to understand it's coding. You know, some yes they play test. Like a lot of people are like, oh, did you even test your game? And it's like, yes, they tested. Of course they tested it. But you're looking at a group of developers, you know, anywhere from like 50 to 100 if it's a small studio, even if it's a large studio, these people play it. And yeah, they send out copies to other people to play it. But that's like maybe a grand total of like, what, 200 and something people playing it for that bug to not have happened. Then you put it out to the mass public and now you have millions of people playing it and then a yeah. bug happens. You know, so it's a different control group than there was when they tested it originally. Yeah. And so... Yeah, people just have to be understanding sometimes. That that's just it's just what it is. And and if a company says, Okay, we noticed the problem, we're gonna fix it, then cool. You know? It'd be different if they were like, Man, the game's broke, oh well, like Anthem. <laughs> like, like that's something to complain about. I bought Anthem, they didn't do anything to fix it. <laughs> you did you bought Anthem at lunch? How yeah. was it? Was it as bad know, as everyone? What's crazy about it is I still enjoyed it. I don't think there's anything wrong with Anthem. And, and once again, it's a lucky situation for me because my my game never glitched. My character wasn't glitching through walls and twisting up and being. Like, I just, I played through it. I enjoyed it. I was like, no. Pro the only thing I had, the only thing that was for me was that it was over because there was no real in game or continued content. So it was just like I played through it. Now it's like, okay, what do I do? Okay, well, I'll just wait to see what happens. And then EA just kind of just dropped it, and I was like, what? But isn't wrong there? With it? Isn't there like I thought I saw an announcement that they're working on Anthem 2.0. Like they the were, and then I guess. I don't. I haven't checked recently, but I heard. I think earlier last week, EA was supposed to be having a like a press conferency type thing of ex and deciding the fate of Anthem if they're going to continue to have uh, Bioware work on it and 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 do the the 2.0 or the next or just go ahead and drop it. I don't know. I knowing EA, I have a feeling they're going to just be like, nah, scrap it. It didn't do well because they're one of those where if it doesn't do well, we don't want. Nope, just forget about it. Let's move on to the next thing. So I'm hoping they don't because it's a, it has a really great concept. I mean, it, it, gameplay is amazing. The the loot system is great. 
You know, a lot of games have issues with loot systems being like, oh, I'm, we're doing all this hard work and I'm not getting anything or it's a, too, too much of a grind. Anthem's definitely not that. You know, you level up pretty well and you, it's, it's fast-paced. You know, it just needs a little bit of love. <laughs> I mean, it looks so badass. It's what, yeah. it's what I wish Destiny was as far as aesthetics. I like third person more than first person. Yeah. And I, oh, uh, you're talking, you, high-tech suits? Fuck, right. <laughs> you, you, I'm sold. All right, right, like more more Iron Man shit, the, the better, <laughs> right. in my opinion. Right, so, and then fully customizable. Like, come on, yeah, like, what? Come on, so, come on, son. Yeah. That's everything. But I was hyped for it, but I was wary of EA and Bioware mm-hmm. had already started kind of going downhill from their glory days, and yeah. I was suspicious and that they'll launch again. I was about to say to your previous comment that yeah i'm embarrassed by gamers and the amount i'm constantly embarrassed by the gaming community mm-hmm. of how like prima donna it is right and how much neg- how negative but it's on the flip a- side anthem anthem was like not great i guess mm-hmm. so yeah i mean, so, it goes I mean both ways. So, yeah there's certain things that you can like and i think what has happened is you have a lot of these companies you know i love bungie to death i have a bunch of friends that work for bungie and you know i, I i'm i'm close with people and i i love the game i've been playing it for a while and you know i think what happens is is you get into the concept of you want to make a community game and you want to say okay we're making a game for you and you guys decide what you like and don't like about it and we we build it around that concept and what happens is, is you get these people who are like, oh, well, this, this is my game and I get to decide because I paid for it. And I'm, what am I paying for if I'm not getting what I want? So every little thing is a complaint and everything is like, mm. you know, I need you to adjust this or I don't like how this gun works. So you need to, we're not going to play your game if you don't fix it. You know, and it gets into that point. And it's like, because of that, it's hurting. I think it hurts the gaming community or it hurts a lot of publishers and, and developers because, you know, they put in a lot of time and effort into stories and lore and, and building the game. And, you know, to them, when they release something, they're hype about it. They're like, oh, I can't wait for people to see this. You know, this is my life. It's no different with me and music. Like, I make yeah. music and I put a lot of emotion and energy in my music because it means a lot to me. And when I put it out there, I hope that somebody feels that same emotion and, and feeling and vibe that I felt when I made it when they listen to it. And so if someone's like, yo, this is straight garbage. It's like, oh, my feelings out, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. And so I'm sure it feels the same when they're putting this energy in there. And it's like to go out and fix it and change it. And then it's like, oh, well, we'll find a new, new thing to whine about or to complain about. You know, nobody's ever happy, it seems. And I, I, I wish that, you know, like we brought up about the old systems, it was back to those times where it's like, like you were saying about, um, oh, I can't remember it. Like how Ninja Gaiden was hard and stuff like that. You know, it's like, it's unapologetic. The game is hard. If you don't like it, don't play it. Or you beat it. Get good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. nowadays, it's like, this game's too hard. I don't want to play it. You need to fix your game. It's too complicated. It needs to be more, you know, suitable for the casual player. But it wasn't built that way. And it wasn't intended. I'm pretty sure a lot of these games are working as intended. But because there's this entitlement now in gaming that is just... It hurts a lot of games because there are the people who are like you and me that like love that aspect of the games. And now it's like, well, I just smashed this in two hours, so I'm done with the game because it was too easy because it was designed to be, you know, universally playable. You know, and it hurts sometimes because there's a lot of games that have a lot of potential that lose potential because they're trying to cater to a market or a certain group. And a lot of companies you know, they do it more so for the money or just to make maintain a player base. So it's like, instead of it being, 
oh, well, we have this great player base that loves the game for what it is, but we have these new players that are whining and complaining because it's broken or they don't like it, so we need to like make sure they're happy too. And it, it's it's just it's just ouch sometimes, you know. But it's the it way is it hard. is. It's the way it is. <laughs> Video games are uh, notoriously difficult to de- and expensive to develop, mm-hmm. and I think a great way to help someone understand, like how much experience you would have to how much experience matters if you were going to say like start a video game studio amazon who has endless money right was like we're going to get into video games and then a year later like never mind right <laughs> never mind yeah you guys right. have fun with that we're not into this it's no. they're like, it's like this is so hard right. and billy like it's so and, it's and I, then it's uh, even more so for like independent studios. Like people don't understand how hard it is for somebody who doesn't have a publisher that is developing everything on its own. And you know their game engine is theirs. You know they're not using like you know a lot of these companies that are like like the real the big ones like you know like Bungie and who else has like Resident Evil has its own it has its own engine game engine. You know yeah. things like that where they have their own stuff and they're doing everything on their own and building it from the ground up. And you know so. There's not like this unlimited money. Like I know, like people get mad about microtransactions, and I'm just like, there's not a don't rule that says you have to do it. Like yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do it. It's like, oh, they want us to spend their more money. No, they're they're just coming up with solutions to help them develop the game for you, who are complaining about how the game doesn't have enough stuff. Well, that stuff also costs money and time and people and resources, and, you know. Yeah. And so, and because they're independent. They can't just pull this money out of their pocket, <laughs> you know. So they don't have yeah. a studio to go to to say, "Hey, people want this in the game, and because you're publishing the game and you're making money off of it, you need to give us the money so we can do that." They don't have that, you know. I think people have to be a little more understanding about that sometimes. Like, and it's hard. Like, I'm like in the process of getting into doing scoring for for video games myself, and you know, learning FMOD and Weiss and Unity and all that. And I'm like, learn just I'm just learning it, and I'm just on the the small end of just making soundtracks. I'm just making music and coding it into the game, and it's already like my brain hurts. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know? it's like like it shouldn't be that hard because you think oh it's just music, but that is hard. So if it's hard for me in that sense, imagine the person who has to code. The character movements, the the lighting effects, the weapon handling, the you know yeah. you know hit boxes and things like that. It, there's more to it than just oh I don't like how this works. You need to fix it by tomorrow. We should we need a patch update by by the end of the week or we're not playing your game. It doesn't work like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's crazy. I would recommend if you if you're slightly interested, and in, I uh, tried to. I had this idea. Okay, I want to learn how to make a game. I know there's tools out there. I'm going to uh, take the sprites and animations from some of my favorite fighting games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to import them into something like Unity and just see if I can get, like, create my own movements and, and whatever. Just kind of, like, see if I can get a character moving around right. on, like, a 2D space. Mm-hmm. Woo! I was, like, 12 hours <laughs> into it, and I'm, like, I can open a project. Right. Okay, like, this just, the barrier to entry, <laughs> the technical barrier to entry was I knew it was going to be bad, and it was so much worse than I was anticipating. Yeah, and I'm like, this is why even <laughs> small little retro games need 10, 20 people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, this shit is hard. And then yeah. it made me appreciate guys like uh, the dude that made Axiom Verge or Dustin Elysian Tell, these games that are made by one dude. Mm-hmm. And then you read about them, like, uh, yeah, like the guy who made Axiom Verge, which was a breakout hit, an uh, uh, indie hit, I should say, took him seven years. And he was right. already an experienced programmer, I think. <laughs> so it's like seven years 
No wonder it took him seven years. And that's like right. a, an old school NES retro themed, like really simple Metroid right. clone. Right. So you can only imagine like a 3D environment. And, you know, like yeah. a lot of people see like, you know, like I know at Bungie they have like their way their engine is designed. It's as simple as going in and changing some code. But you have, still have to find that code. And you still have to figure all those things out. And then you have to make sure that if I change this code, does it affect anything else in Destiny? You know, yes. if I if I if everybody's complaining about how this weapon is too OP, so if I bring this down or I change the values of hand cannons, is it going to affect all hand cannons across the board, or is it going to make it so that this affects this because this code is different now? And it, th- those are things that you have to think about sometimes, you know. And then at the same time, like I notice, like like nowadays, like I think mostly now I've been more complaining about it because there's a pandemic and everybody's working from home. <laughs> so the fact that these games are still coming out, it's like, be appreciative that the game is still, they're, they're doing something. They could just say, hey, no new updates until things get better. Yeah. And they're making yeah. sure you have something to do while you're sitting at home bored in the house bored, as they say. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they still put out their game. So yeah, you know, there's a bug here or there or something's not working like you think it should. It's like, eh, at least I have something to do. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it just, it's all about perspective sometimes. But, yeah. Sweet. I, I got to take a... I drink two beers. I got to take a quick whiz oh, break. Yeah. No problem. But then I want to talk to you about... Were you into any PS1 games during the time, mm. by chance? Hmm, what can I think of? I'll think of some things. There's think something. Because PS1, <laughs> PS1 for me was like the golden era. That yeah. was the, the <laughs> Celestial Kingdom. But let me, let me take a, a pee real quick. I'll be back in like one minute. All right. I have to return. So you, you did have a PS1 and a PS2 before you... Oh, yeah. Left yeah, Sony. Definitely. Definitely. I'm going to have to What's say that uh, my favorite game was Parappa the Rapper. You know, and, and that game was like, no, I'm joking. No. Um, <laughs> hey, I liked that. Hey, no, I was it was say, a good I, game. I liked that game. It was game. a good game. You know, I was all about the kick punch. But like we said, Metal Gear, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Legacy of Chain. That game was dope. Dude, dude, the whole, the whole, I'm so glad you brought that up. This is the first time. This is actually the first time I've talked about this in the podcast. I. The whole series. Yes. <laughs> did you did did you play the whole series? Like I, in the I played. I'm not sure. I'm not remember. Did I play all of them? I feel like I did. I don't remember if I played all of them. I do remember the first one. The first one is is, is embedded. I can't remember yes. if I played the other ones. But yeah. the whole the whole series, Legacy of Kane and Soul Reaver, and then how they come together with the last few games on yes, PS2. Yes, I did play Soul Reaver. I did. Yeah, yes. Soul Reaver is badass too. Soul Reaver two, and then you have Legacy Kane, like Blood Omen on the PS. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the story between our uh, 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 how do you say his name, Azriel and Kane? Uh, yeah, and it involves time travel, and uh, it was actually one of the first sort of worlds in lore that I got into. Like I got into the world of Legacy of the Kane, like I got into Lord of the Rings as mm-hmm. like a, a young teenager, and no one brings that up. I used to. <laughs> there used to be this website that uh, I bookmarked. It's gone now. I wish I could track it down. That put together like a full synopsis and breakdown mm-hmm. of all the games and how all the games connect and the complete the complete lore and story of the whole series, yeah. which is just wild as shit. <laughs> and uh, those games were badass. I'm not surprised. Like, I I was trying to think when I was going P. Okay, like I know he likes dark shit, Silent Hill. <laughs> And uh, I, I, had, I didn't think of Legacy of Kane, but that makes total sense now that I yeah. think about it. When oh, you're yeah. vampire, right. it's dope. Right. Yeah. Uh, what else was there? Um, oh, of course, Final Fantasy VII. That, that's a given. Of if, course. If, nobody, if yes. nobody likes Final Fantasy VII, then you might need your gamer card revoked. I'm, I'm just saying. No, I'm joking. 
Um, I mean, it is a it is a legendary game. Yes, <laughs> it's it is kind of though. Like when someone says, "Look, what, I ask them what's your favorite JRPG," and they say Final Fantasy VII, I do roll my eyes. I'm like, God damn it! I mean, it's awesome, <laughs> right? But there are there's other lots of other there. good ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else did I play that I enjoyed? Of course, all the Resident Evil games. Those are great. There's a lot of corny moments in Resident Evil games, like you know, Jibble Sandwich. That was like, what? What are you even talking about? But uh, what's that? Uh, <laughs> there's like, what's that famous scene when like the the ceiling's coming down with Barry and Jill in the first game? Yeah, that's that's, the, the, that's it. You almost that's became a one? Jibble Sandwich. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. What? Yeah. <laughs> like what? Like the game was so good until you said that. Why did you say that? <laughs> yeah, there's some weird. You like, know what's, what's interesting first... is that same area. I think. Was it that area? There's there's an area in the game that I didn't even realize. The other day I was playing, um, I was playing seven, and I was in a hallway. There's like a save spot, and there's a set of stairs that go down. And I, I was I was leaving it. I got this just flash of nostalgia. I was like, Yo, this is the same area that's in the mansion in Resident Evil One. <laughs> like it's the same hallway and everything. Like they actually recreated oh. it in the, in the in the house. And I was like, That's cool. You know, I was like, Man, th- that game is really hard. I haven't finished it yet, and I have like this like pact with myself that I can't get Village until I finish Seven. And Seven's really kicking my butt. <laughs> like I'm just like man, like why is it so hard? You know, it, there's like I think it was a moment I went into a hallway and like there was like seven of those like squishy black monster things and I was like, oh, I have two bullets, so I guess I'm dying. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's like man, but it's it's that's the reality. You know, if you were in that situation yeah. for real, that's it's it is what it is. It is what it is. You got to figure. Yeah. You got to survive. Got to survive. Right. Figure it out. Yep. I played. I didn't beat seven. But I did play a significant portion in VR on PSVR. Oh my, you're brave for that. Like I think Seven is the first time Ooh. I've actually been genuinely scared in in the Resident Evil series. <laughs> like I'm just like this is terrifying. This is like yeah because I think it's like it's more of a real deal situation, and then putting it in first person even makes it more immersive. So it's like yeah, and I've noticed that like same that same thing for me with movies and stuff. Like I can watch scary movies with monsters and all kinds of ridiculousness, and I'm like cool. It's monsters, whatever. But like real life psychological situations that like this could actually happen. This is not something that's super far fetched. There are crazy hillbilly like families in the woods, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. It's like, like this could actually happen. You could be in this situation where you have like yeah. this random wrist thing on your hand, and you you know you got to survive. You got to figure it out, you know. And then just the like one- just all the all the fights were cool. Like 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 fighting dad in the garage. That was cool. You know, all kinds of little situations that you're in. It's just like, and you really had to like sit down and really figure them out and think about them realistically. You know, it wasn't like, you know, some like, oh, I have a gun and I can just take this person out. It's not a big deal. It's like, you really yeah. have to figure out how do I survive this? How do I get out of this alive? And without shooting something or, you know, or finding a way to sneak through this area without getting caught. That, that, that made it really cool. So I'm like really excited for Village. I want to see where they take this sequel you know, and yeah. I, that part made it even cooler to me that it's like a continuation so yeah you know the the the, the footage for village looks pretty awesome yeah for what i've seen so far it looks yeah. the, i was watching some of the ps5 footage i think it's the same as the series x mm-hmm. uh, for a console i'm like damn i mean yeah. that looks that looks pretty convincing yeah i want to see how i i just saw an ad the other day for the new unreal stuff and i'm like the, the mocap stuff, and I'm just like, when this gets implemented into video games, holy crap. <laughs> like, like, 
Yeah. Like, like what? <laughs> I'm like, man, things are getting, and it's funny. I remember times when I was younger and like games were coming out and I was like, these, these graphics are amazing. I don't understand how they can get better than this. It looks so real. It's so awesome. And then like the next console comes out and you're like, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. I wonder, I can't, I can't imagine getting any better than this. And then this unreal came out with this new thing. And I'm just like, these are literally real people. You can't, yep. you can't get better than real people. <laughs> like the hair, I think for me, like it's always been like, what is the, the one thing that separates like a game from getting to the closest point of reality? And it's always been hair. And this Hair's new Unreal engine, yeah. they, they do individual follicles, so it's actually hair. It's just like, what? There, there it is. They've, they've achieved that one thing that has, that, you know, you obviously, you'll go, man, that face looks great. It looks almost human, but that hair, though, <laughs> you know? yeah. and now that's fixed. So it's going to be really interesting to see what games come out using that. You know, it's, it's going to be really cool beyond, uh, beyond. Shit, I was going to ask you, fuck, I was going to ask you something about it wasn't a video game. And we were talking, and it was like not a music or a movie. I can't remember. We already talked about anime. Um, <laughs> well, damn. I lost my train of thought. I got too high before the podcast. My apologies. <laughs> What's, it's, uh, it is what it is. Right. For your music, uh, you mentioned before that you did a, a label before this Black Moth, mm-hmm. I guess, artist name, right? Mm-hmm. And your previous artist name, what was that? I remember you messaged oh, me. Oh, no, it's always, it. been, it's always been Black Moth. It's always been yeah. Black Moth. Okay. Yeah. yeah I the label was called something different. Yeah, it was, it was called Electron. It was Electron. And uh, I had like... You know, we had like it was more of a collective at first, and uh, I really wanted to push it towards the 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 label side of things to start doing releases and things like that. It's very overwhelming. It's kind of like it's kind of like that gaming thing we were talking about. It's like there's a lot to it, and more yes. respect to the people who do it. Like um, Olivier is uh, for Aerogrid, where I'm at now. Like more props to him, man. He's putting in a lot of work because he's doing a lot more than I was doing. And I'm like, man, awesome. And it's Aerogrid more, is dope. Once yeah, I found them, there's a lot of appreciation. Russia, I was like, oh, yeah, everything's Aerogrid. dope. We, we've it's got the dope. roster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We're doing big things. I, I, I love being part of that family. That's like, I'm not going nowhere. That's those, those are my guys right there. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's crazy because it's like we, we give each other all the props in the world. And it's like, you know, even with me and my music, like I never put myself, I'm never a, a, a level thinking person like i'm always like yo i aspire to be just as cool as is is snakes of russia one day like he's just the dopest and he'll be like your music is amazing you know so it's like this back and forth and it's that's cool that there's no ever um you know i'm better than this person or you know it's always this this back and forth which is great it's a very humble humble space well, he is pretty dope. And yeah. the first time I heard his music, I uh, just sat in the car and didn't do what I was supposed to do, <laughs> what I was there to do. And I just listened to like a bunch of songs. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's pretty dope. He makes some dope shit. Um, stuff is, is quality. It's very quality. Very quality. And uh, he his output is actually... Now, I mean, I'm, I'm new. Like I've, I've probably only known of him for like five months now, six mm-hmm. months. I'm pretty new. But... I'm going back, looking at the date of his releases, and he keeps putting out tracks like a month or a remix or something with there. Mm-hmm. He seems pretty consistent. Yeah. Like he uh, he's, must have some sort of like, I talked to him a little bit about it, but he's got a good system, obviously. He's yeah. putting out stuff, and it's quality. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where, I'm excited. That robot coach, the whole era, because like, I was in this, I, I, I had like this love for dark, ambient, cinematic kind of mm-hmm. shit, sci-fi stuff. Yeah. And I had Lorne, and then I found Monument, and I found a few other, like, like I would find guys here and there that either 
they had a few tracks that were, were what I was looking for, and I would put them on a playlist. Mm-hmm. But maybe their whole discography was kind of like hit and miss for me. Mm-hmm. But then I found Aragrid and it was like, oh, <laughs> these guys these guys are like, oh, okay, this is a label that's aggregating the kind of stuff that I've been having a hard time mm-hmm. finding on my own. Yeah. Um, another one that I got way into was Anthony Baldino. Do you know who that is? No. Anthony Baldino is... Uh, it's all, he has a recent album, uh, 21-2 or something. Huh. It's all modular. It's mainly ambient with some beats. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think you'd actually really like him. I'm going to look Anthony you up right Baldino. Now. I, I can, uh, let me message you his, uh, like, Spotify URL. Okay. Share, copy artist link. I oh, will put wow. it in this chat. I think you'll see his most recent release is the only one I'm super familiar with. It's called 1222. Mm-hmm. Standout track for me would be probably Dust, number four. Uh, I think, check it out. I think you might. In fact, I thought, like, he's so up your alley. For some reason, I thought he was connected to you guys. I get Robot Koch and Steve Nalepa mixed up in my brain. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, you might like that guy. Oh, he's yeah. uh, It's all modular. I know we were talking about modular, yeah. I think, before we, start, before we started recording. But Right. I, I love modular so much. I'm yeah, so glad I, know. I love I, modular. It, it changed my life. <laughs> What's your everything. favorite thing about it? The tactile. I, f- I love the connection. I I made music for a long time. When I first started making music, it was in Cubase with like, you know, I had my MIDI keyboard and I had Machine. And yeah. I just, you know, I would belt out music like daily. And it was just, it was so easy. The workflow was just so flawless. And um, at the end of the day, I just never felt connected to the music. Like I felt like I was just, you know, like a push button DJ at that point. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I made mm. some stuff. And then, you know, I wanted to start doing some live stuff and, you know, it was like I couldn't really do it with that. And so I wanted to find a way to get connected. So I bought my first little synth, you know, and I got a little Volca FM. And I love that thing so much that I, I bought a second one. And then I just played those forever. And I think every album up until, I want to say 2019, was just done on those two Volca FMs. And then mm. I got a, a uh, Volca Keys and added to it. And, you know, started, I got, I think I got a Volca bass. So I, like, I, got, I became a Volca fan. <laughs> And uh, yeah. I got a hold of, I was scrolling around, and I was trying to find something else. Like, I just, I just really wanted to be able to shape my sound. And I was watching all these, you know, these guys with modular systems and stuff. And I was like, man, I really want to do that. But modular is so expensive. Is there anything that's affordable? And I stumbled upon AE Modular, um, a company in Germany uh, by this guy, uh, Robert Langer. And he was creating, he had the same concept of the Volcas. The, the Volca modular had come out. And his thought process was why this is a really cool system. It kind of is like a, a bootless system, but just tiny and affordable. But how can I make something like this? Why can't modular just be this? Why can't it be individual modules that, you know, you connect just like module, you patch and everything, but this small and affordable. And so he went out and created a system and module modules like that. And it's, it's taken off and it's great. He sent me my first system, you know, as just inspiration, like, Hey, I'm going to sponsor you this system. I want you to learn and, you know, whatnot. And I was super appreciative of it. I was like, man, this is so great. And I took the time learning. I recommend that to anybody that's, you know, getting into modular. And if if you're worried about the cost, get an AE modular system because you'll learn everything about modular. And it'll set you up for when you decide to make that jump to Eurorack. Like, I have, you know, just this skiff and it has everything I need in it because... 
I had the A modular first. So I didn't have that problem of, yeah. what do I buy? Oh, I'm going to get this module and I'm going to get this module. And now I have like this whole wall and rack of modules and I'm only really only using like five of them because they're the ones that do the thing I need it to do. You know, so I know that already. So I pre-built my system and modular it. And it's just, I've, I've since that day, of getting the A module system, it was everything I needed because I felt connected to the music. Like everything I do, like even now, um, I have modules for for modulation and things like that. But I still self modulate because I have to touch everything. I have to be a part of everything that's going on. I don't want it to be what any automation going on. I try to like, you know, I'll have some mm. things going, but even those things are still being adjusted. You know, so you know, even uh, you know, on my voice modules, I like I change different things. You know, as I'm playing it, and that connectivity just I feel like I'm molding the sound myself. And so at the end of the day, when the song's done. I know I shaped it and I, I molded it just from me and it has so much more value than pressing some keys or sitting, sitting and setting in a, a MIDI sequence and all that. And just, you know, it's a different experience, you know, not to take away yeah. from like anybody who's making music like that. Like all creativity is, is equal. It's still creativity, but there's just a different feeling. Uh, you know, once you're done, you're just like, wow, because you're, you're part of the music. So it's, it's great. It's tactile. Is your workflow, do you do the entire song is patched and modulated or do you modulate a, like patch a part and then print it to tape and start over and patch another part on and layer on top? Nope. <laughs> I just, so it's I all every, at it's, once. It's all at once. Every, every album, every release that's come out since I've gotten a modular has been a live recording of me literally patching it and going as I, as I go and changing things as I'm going. And then I hit Nine, stop. Okay. And save it, and you're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the great that it and what it, what that does. Unfortunately, is majority of my albums happen like within a day or two, and depending on like whether I go to sleep or not, because I get in a vibe <laughs> and I, I yeah, don't want to yeah, leave yeah. that. But like this is the album, and then because it's modular, there is no saving. You know, you there can't. None. You yep. know, you come back tomorrow and you turn it on, and it totally sounds different. It's not even the same thing anymore. And you're like, but all the cables are in the same place. What? So I just I stick with it until it's done. You know, and um and I, I try to stick with it more so too because like the next day I might feel totally different, and so the vibe will be different. And then, you know, there's lots of times where I've tried it and I get up and I'm like, I don't like this album anymore. So I'm gonna start over. <laughs> you know, so yeah. there's a lot of times like I'll get an album done the day of release, but I had been working on it for a whole week. But because I kept restarting and, and not liking something and or how one song didn't go with another one, I started over. And so I get to the day of deadline and I'm like, okay, we have no choice but to get this done today. So, <laughs> you know, but do that. you, uh, so if you need to redo a track, cause for those who don't understand how modular works, which might be a lot of people, it's like, it's like building a, a synth, but it's all taken apart. It's in these module like Lego blocks that go together and you just, and you have to manually run cables in between each part. And that's fun because it's tactile, but when you're done, you're done. Like there is no, it's not like a digital where I can save this preset and this is my bass sound or this is whatever. Like, like you mentioned, when you're done, it's, it's so when you redo a song, do you just have memorized like how you, do you write down notes? I like never, I need to redo this? I, it's, it's just over. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> now what I have done in the past, like with a lot of like releases, if I needed to do like a live set or whatever. I'll patch out the output into a, a multi-track cassette. And so that way I have it there. And if I needed to perform it where I can't really do that in the modular, I still have the mix because they're all separated. Yeah. So I can go in and adjust things and do it that way. But the modulation is now gone. The modulation is set. So, but yeah, I, you know, that I have that, but 
yeah, and now because I've started getting into doing scoring and stuff and I'm wanting to get into like games and stuff like that, I did go back to Cubase and now I have everything going through the interface separated into the DAO so I can do that. <laughs> so, you yes. know, so like, because that, I, that'll be a big problem when it comes to like, okay, we like this track, but can you have this part come in here or do this differently? And it's like, yes. no, yes. because I did it on modular. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm going to have to make you a whole new track now. <laughs> but doing yeah. it that way, now that that was more practical. Like I was so adamant about being Dallas for like the longest time. But then I realized that value right there is important, you know, to be able to go back and change something or edit something. Um, so I now re- I still play everything live and record it live, but it's all separated individual tracks in the DAW. So and you but, can refine it and yeah, kind I can of re- yeah. play around. So if somebody's yeah. like, "Well, you see how this one comes in here? Can we have it come in here?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, now I have to just slide it over a little bit." So man. if you could uh, do a soundtrack for any video game, what would it be? Franchise or? Oh, I know I couldn't. I I. I, I He's so great. I wouldn't want to step on his toes, but I would. I would love to sit in the seat and chair of of Akira Yamamoto and, and do some Silent Hill games. That would be dope. <laughs> like, like I, I, I'd, I'd love to do that. And like I said, I love blooper stuff too. So like anything that they make, I would. I'd love to hop on. Their stuff is, is great too. Um, yeah, yeah. That that would be that would be cool. Cause there's a, it's just. I feel like my sound is similar. Like I would put it in that same, mm. you know, it's it's very textured, very, you know, droney, things like that. So it it, it fits the series. It fits. Yeah. What's your um most emotional gaming moment? The time where you got the most emotional from a story or a situation gaming? You you know what's crazy? There's a lot of moments like that cuz I really get deep into the games when I'm playing them, but it was recent. And it was. Mm. This is why I try to tell people stop buying into the the hype of how good or not good a game is. Because the end of Cyberpunk 2077 is the mm. most deepest experience I have ever had. Like, because I you connect so well. Like, if you play through the story, you connect so much with V in the situation. If you're actually playing it and paying attention to what's going on, that when you get yes. to the end game. And you have to make those choices and figure out what you want to do. And then that choice happens. Like, I literally was sitting there like, oh, fuck. Damn, that's, this sucks. Or depending yeah. on which ending you got, oh, that was cool. You know, or, you know, there's different, there's like, what, seven different endings or something, like, or more. And it's like, each one of them, there's like a depth to it. We're just like, wow, that's, like, wow. Like, I sat there for like a good, like, maybe 10 minutes just staring at the screen going, what? Wow. Okay. That really yeah, got me in the chest. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a there's a scene. Uh, I, I, I think most of the it's whatever the game's out. Like the premise is, is you uh, you have a, a chip in your head that has the leftover or a copy, some sort of digital copy of uh, old school a dude from 50 years before who's a crazy motherfucker anarchist guy. That's who Keanu Reeves is. And the chip is like slowly eating away your personality and this this like backup of this guy who's been dead is like slowly taking over your body. Long story short, you get to the end of the game and you have a choice to like let him take over and not let him. There's some more variables, but I agree. I sat so the, 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 you, the choice you make at the top of like you're sitting at the view like where the two camping chairs are where that mm-hmm. girl talks to you and you're looking yeah. out and you decide like. 
Are you going to give Johnny control? Right. I think I sat there for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, damn. Like, like, what am I going to do? I actually I literally thought about it as myself. Like I had connected yeah. so much with V. It was like, it wasn't even like, what would V do? Or what, it was like, what would I do? How what would, would I, I do? Yes. And the feelings yeah. that I had personally about it were my own feelings. Like, like, am I going to die? Like, like, what do I do? You know, <laughs> do I, do I, you know, and I thought about it like V would think about it at this point, because V's whole point was he wanted to go out a legend. He wanted to be remembered. He wanted to be, he wanted to do yeah. something. And he, if he had to die, he wanted, he didn't want to die forgotten and nobody, you know? And so it's like, I had, I took that into consideration. Have I done everything that I could that mm. I can die in peace? So go ahead and let Johnny do it. Or do I have, there's a more unfinished business. Do, do I want to go back and live my life and just let this, this thing eat away at me and I die anyway, but at least, you know, I, I, I lived my life and I was a legend, you know, cause either way, Johnny's going to take over no matter what, unless you get the ending where Johnny decides to stay with, you know, the construct, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's a, it just, there was all these variables. And then there were some, ending, there was endings that were like really cool. Like, you know, where you and Johnny just go out with a bang together, you know? Yes. And then there was that one that you just decide that you're not going to go through it at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's, and, uh, and there's I, some I got to that ones, point too. Yeah. And I was like, would I do that? Like, would I just say, you know what? We're going to die anyway. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And then just involving people, you know, it's like, you know, when, when Johnny says, you know, is there anybody you need to call? Because this is it, you know, we're going to go do this thing. Do you have anybody you want to say goodbye to? And it's like, like, even then I sat for a long time, like, Wow, that, this is real now. Like this is about to happen. You better, right? You better have called. Pa- you better have called Pan Am. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You can't not call Pan Am. Like what you have to call her. Yeah. Like man, she she you stays mad at I, you, man. She stays mad. <laughs> I was. Uh, I really. So I didn't know Witcher Three had the ability to romance multiple people, but if you romance too many, it would like ruin the romances. Mm-hmm. And I figured there was like some sort of thing going on mm-hmm. in with the cyberpunk. At the same time, I didn't know that the romance options were way more limited. Mm-hmm. But and I also didn't know that Judy was a like a lesbian only romance. Right. And I was I wanted Judy. <laughs> right. Like, and I was like, like I every time, admit, she, man, Judy was the one. <laughs> She every time she called, I would pick up. I'm like, I'm gonna give Judy my attention, but she just never was feeling it. Right. And Pan Am was like, I want you. Right. Pan Am was all about it. Right. And uh, and then, then the so I didn't want Pan Am, but once I realized I couldn't get Judy, I was like, okay, she, she'll do. Pan Am will do. But by the but but her ending by the end, like she's so loyal and she's right. so like ride or die. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I got your back, ride or die. It's so, like, do you have to like? I felt like I was falling in love with this chick. Right. Because of her loyalty, uh, that's, it was that's crazy. What the, that was the main thing about the game. Like I just, I wish they would have got more credit, like for the fact that their story, and their character was, development, flawless to me. It's good. At least. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's like you you really connect to this, the characters. You really like get like you said feelings for these characters. Like 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 I I considered the call to Pan Am. Like would I do that? I don't want to call her and tell her that because she, now she's gonna rush up and she's gonna try and help. And then what if she gets killed? Like I thought about it like yes, that. <laughs> you yes. know. And it's like yes. it's like this is a video game. Remember this is a video game. Calm down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was like it was like now and that's that's the whole point of a video game. Like. You're supposed to feel like that. You're supposed to get that yeah. connected. You know, I mean, me talking about how I feel about my music, you know, that's what makes Cyberpunk awesome to me. No matter the glitches or any of that, the fact that I was able to connect to the game 100%, like to be 100% in sync with a video game is epic. 
no matter what the glitch is or how you feel about it, that game, it, it's the one. If you haven't played it, don't fall for the hype about, oh, it's a broken game or blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's good. Just, just play it. You can play through it. It's okay. <laughs> you know, take the glitches as jokes. That's how I did it. Whenever something would happen, I'd just be like, nah, that's funny. <laughs> and I'd just keep rolling, you know. It's yep. not unplayable. Yep. You know, It's so, not unplayable. But the story, the story is, 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 it's great. It's really good. And, you know, it's like, there's a lot of moments in there where you have to, like, really think about stuff. Like, uh, the situation when you're, when you're doing the heist and, um, there's a lot of cyberware you can get where you notice certain, like, like there's the one where, uh, you get notified when someone detects you, like when you've been detected. And, yeah. uh, when we were hiding, me and Jackie were hiding in the thing. Adam Smasher showed up as somebody who detected me. And I was like, oh, oh shit, he knows we're here. <laughs> and you but know, he doesn't do anything. But yeah. he doesn't do anything. So, I mean, it's like, but why? Why didn't he react? But he knows. You know, and the same thing with Takamura. When Takamura looked and he scanned, it was like, I wonder if he actually knows because he ends up being an ally later. So it's like, I wonder if he knew the whole time. Like, he kind of used us as, you're a witness. So I need to keep yeah. you alive because you're the only person who's witnessed this situation. You know? Yeah. So... It's very that would actually make sense because he finds you super right. quick after the heist. Right. That would make sense that he was yeah. he knew you were there and was like, okay, I got to track this person down after after this is going down right. because this, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense. Well, I was like, yeah, that game. All the missions are really cool. The story missions, like the side missions, are cool because they're they're side missions. They're going to be obviously like some you know quick things, but like the actual story missions were like like being betrayed. In certain missions, it was like I really got my feelings hurt. Like, really, dude? Like, that's that's how that's 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 our friendship. Yeah. That's our situation. Like, you know, it's like, man, you know, or you know, just when when people die, you're just like, dang, that that really hurt. Like, like I I I thought for, for there's a lot of times, you know, not not to to spoil the game. So I'm gonna keep it keep things out but like i could go back and save people sometimes like i was upset like like oh no could, is there was was there a way i could have prevented this from happening let me load up the save and go back and i tried over yeah. and over again I tried different things i was like and i felt bad i was like no this is like my road dog this is my dude i can't help you can't die what am i supposed to do now you know a game yeah. that makes you feel like that is a good game the end <laughs> you know it doesn't it, it they did a great job story-wise oh mm -hmm. dude when speaking of when you have to go i don't care about spoiling <laughs> he's, he's like i don't care like fuck. you should have played it <laughs> when you go back and you and you go to jackie's funeral mm -hmm. and the, all the people are there and you, you say your speech and then you go back to his warehouse and, and the girlfriend is there yes but the girlfriend and the mom have a little bit of issues because mm -hmm. the mom didn't really like that Jackie was dating her, and you have to sort of play that balance. Like I don't want to. <laughs> right. It's just like, and I was like, it made me like agreed. I was thinking like, how would I handle this? Like someone just died. Both these people love this person that just died, mm -hmm. but they don't like each other. But they're both friends with me. Like this is a precarious yeah. social situation, and feelings are like really sensitive. The death, like we all loved this person. He's dead now. Mm -hmm. But, and like, I don't think he would want you two to hate each other. Right. But, you know, like, it was just, it was like, it was, I remember it was a death, like, I knew they did a good job about developing Jackie as a character because I was legit bummed when right. he died. I was super but he bummed. He was the coolest dude, man. He, 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 was, was, he was great. He was he, your friend for real. <laughs> for know? real. He was also ride or die. Like yep. they basically, like everyone in that game is kind of using you. It's it's just like this moral gray area. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's two characters that are ride or die. It's Jackie right. and Pan Am. Right. 
Right. They have your back no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I could never, like, that's why when Pan Am, like, as I started learning, even though I was going for Judy, Pan Am would call and be like, dude, I have to answer because she's, she's right. so loyal to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be a dick right. if I don't. Like, like I would literally her. be in the middle of missions, and she would call and be like, hey, we need your help here and there, doing this, this, this. And I would l- literally go to the map and change my waypoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, got, I got to go, man. I don't care what you can go ahead and, and deal with that, Jackie, but I'm going this way. <laughs> you know? But, yeah. yeah, it's like, so, it's crazy. And then it's like, um, th- speaking of the girlfriend, it's like when you make the decision to go to the soccer corp and, and deal with stuff and it's like she get mad she gets mad she's like you're gonna work with them even though what even though what happened to jackie i felt so bummed i felt so wrong like i was like whoa i never thought about it like that like yeah. these are the dudes that killed my friend why am i why am i associating with these people like what <laughs> like wait a minute I, it was crazy because i really hadn't thought about it like that until that point and then i just felt bad and i was just like oh dang she's right you know i was like see stuff like that and you know it's like a lot of games tell you, like, you know, decisions that you make throughout the game can alter the late game later. And some things you're just like, you don't feel like they really did. You're like, what? What are you talking about? But those things, there's there's moments like that. And, and a lot of people said Cyberpunk really didn't do that, you know. And I can see where they would feel that way. But it's it wasn't so much affecting the game world as it was affecting your relationship with people and how they yes. responded. Because a lot of the choices that you got for talking to people and your, your responses were different based off of things you did earlier or how you affected them earlier. If you said something to them yes. earlier that pissed them off or made them think a certain way about you, when you got to talk to them later, you might not have the same options to respond or they might respond, have different responses towards you because of how they feel towards you. That's where it was happening. And I thought that was really cool too. Like there's a lot of conversations with Johnny that are different based on how you handled situations in the game or how you responded to him. If you act like an asshole to him all the time, then you're, you're always going to get that back from him. And there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of connection that you don't get. Um, one of the cool things in the game is at, when you go into your character view at the top, there's different reputations as far as what's going on in the game. And there's a middle one that's, you know, your connection with Johnny. And then there's your also reputation as being a legend in, in Night City. And then there's one of what, how much corruption, you know, how much Johnny has taken over your body. And that percentage in the middle for Johnny is, is literally that, how you interact with him and how, how close you become with him as far as a friend. And that really determines your end game, too. You know, it's like... And there's a, there's a secret ending that you have to have perfect sync with yeah, him yeah. To, to get that ending. Which, right. uh, there's, a few ch- there's a few choices if you make the wrong choice you can't yeah. get a high enough yeah, you percentage to it's like it's like one thing this is one little thing yeah. it changes the whole game <laughs> yeah but yeah uh, it's uh that game is that game is i hope that they patch it mm-hmm. and that new dlc comes out and it does sort of a no man's sky redemption thing oh, I, I, at least that would in, be perfect. It, because it's too good of a game I, it's you too good of a it, game to go die. to waste yeah. yes you can't let it die no yeah, people need to play it. Like, whatever you've heard about Cyberpunk, I agree. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the base PS4, if you have a base non-PS4 Pro, is still is the most janky of all the mm-hmm. versions. So maybe wait if you have a PS4. But if I, I've heard that from multiple people. Look, yeah. on PC, everyone I know who played it on PC, they're fine. Right. Almost everyone I know who's played it on either the uh, Series X or the One or the One S all had a good time, too. Yeah. Uh, PS5 version is good as well, so you should play it. You should play it. Like, I don't know why that game. I mean, it seems like the internet and it like slices of the internet with at each industry. Like right now, a lot of people are pissed at Gina Carano and the whole Disney. Like, there's people getting there's a 
arguing about that. Like that's what's going on in the geek nerd world with right. like the drama, right? There's always drama. Right. It's like and cancel, I don't know. Can- cancel culture is like weeding its way into video games now. It's like you didn't make the game that we wanted, so we're gonna cancel your game. We're gonna shut it down. Yeah. We're going to talk so much bad press about it that everybody just assumes that it's garbage and doesn't play it or claim that it's a dead game so nobody goes and buys it. And a lot of times there's nothing wrong with the game at all. Yeah. You, know, you just have to you have to experience things for yourself. That's how I am. Like I don't I don't care about reviews. Like if a game looks cool to me, I'm going to play it and decide for myself. You know, yeah. that's why I bought Anthem even though everybody's like blah, blah, blah. I was like, "Nah, I'm still going to buy it and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to play it." You know, and same thing with Cyberpunk, you know. When Cyberpunk came out, you know, I didn't get it day one. I kind of waited a couple of days. But even in that time frame, there was all that, you know, oh, it's buggy. It's doing this or doing that. And I'm like, but this is CD Projekt Red. So I'm going to go ahead and buy the game because it's going to be all right. Yep. <laughs> you know? Dude, I, I, I was I was like literally preloaded, already installed, day one, 12.01 a.m., unlocked, fired this motherfucker up. Let's right. go. Right. I was so stoked for that game. And you know what? It was what I wanted. Mm-hmm. It just... I just wanted more. That's my only complaint. Right. Like yeah. I just wanted more. It'd be interesting how the DLCs go because it's like you've played as V and V is gone. So V's gone. What, so what are we gonna do? Yeah. yeah. So who are you gonna? Is it gonna be a new character or are they gonna like make it so that you can make your literal own character and play as somebody outside of this the story? You know, make it a free roam. And you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see what what happens. It's it's too big of a game not to make it a free roam. Like I I really wish that that's the 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 future of it. Like that's in the making where yes. it's like you create your own character that's actually you there is no story you just live in night city and do missions and stuff like that you yeah, know yep. i don't it doesn't need to be mmo it doesn't need to be you know if they'd add like multiplayer as far as like pvp type stuff then then please make that like a separate avenue in the game like not part of an actual because like there's games like you know like how grand theft auto online is like i don't want to be walking around night city and then just get like taken out by some random dude who's just trolling to be funny like i just want to play the game yeah. <laughs> you know so don't I, if they do a pvp type thing you know make it some somewhere else but you know i, I that's like that was one of the things that like put like it's cool it's fun for everybody else but it's just not me like you know, I was like, man, it would be cool to get into Grand Theft Auto Online, and it's just like, I, I, I just kind of want to enjoy the game. I don't want to worry about, like, oh, this dude thinks it's funny to hit me with a car, so, and now I lost all my money, and I got to go do uh, do missions again. No, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to do that, <laughs> you, know? you know, but um, I, I hope they don't go that route. I hope they keep it, keep it separate, but it would be cool if it was open world, you know, that, that would be a good direction to take it. Especially, it's, like I said, it's huge. The, the city is huge. There's so much it's discovery. Huge. And it's not, it's not just huge in, like, expanse. It's, it's up and down. Like, you can, you know, once you get, like, certain augments where you can jump higher and stuff like that, you can climb up to the top of buildings and then you, like, find stuff that's hidden up there. Like, because they intended that. They're like, they want you to explore. You know, there's, like, there's so much hidden that they have, you, you could tell they were like, we're just going to put stuff everywhere. And if you find it, you find it. You don't, you don't. You know? Yeah. The game is dense. It's yeah. very dense. And I feel the same way. Like, the city is so big and so dense, but by the time you finish the main story, you, like, the main story only, like, really introduces you to, like, 20% of the right. city. Yep. It like, there's a lot of areas that are, like, not even used. Mm-hmm. You can go to them, and there's, there's side missions and shit there, but, like, uh, there's just, like, I, I really enjoyed the lore and the the dynamic between Netwatch and the Voodoo Boys. Mm-hmm. And the idea of like, like one thing I loved about the lore of the game is the idea of you have this internet 
and there's the black wall, like mm. the outer space on the internet, and right. like what's behind the black wall, and all that. And everybody was just trying to get to there. They just needed. They wanted to know that I, I gotta get. They wanted to know the wall. What's, what, what's back there? Yeah, yeah. Like that whole concept was was so awesome to me that like at that point I hadn't really been pushing towards it. But like from that point of meeting the Voodoo Boys and understanding how the net was, I was a net runner from that point on. Like I put all of my perk points, all of my experience into being uh, a net uh, runner because I was like, oh, that's that's where I need to be right there. <laughs> yeah. I went uh, I went all katana, like uh, straight katana. <laughs> the katana it, it gets is so ridiculous. much fun though. It yeah. is. <laughs> It was awesome. Yep. So, but before we wrap up, I wanted to ask a couple more just general gaming questions, and, and then, and then uh, we'll wrap it up real quick. What is your favorite villain My in favorite gaming? Villain. Oh man, that's a that's a rough one. Favorite villain. Wow. Huh. For a man who loves darkness, you should have you should know who the dark evil ones are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot of them, but who who? Yeah. Is who the takes one? the cake? Man, oh wow, that's tough. If you get it wrong, we're all going to judge you. I know. That's why I can't. Like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> what do I do now? What do I do? Like, who is just the most ruthless? Just like that's just not fair. Individual, huh? I mean, it could be ruthless. It could be conniving, cunning, right. strategic. It could be an anti-hero. Man, this is this puts me on the spot. It does. I don't really. I I can't. My brain is just not going there. It's like who who was. Who was it? What have I played recently that I've been like? Because like old school stuff, I I don't really feel like they were like that villainy. Like like Liquid Snake, he was he's pretty badass. He was pretty badass for Metal Gear One. Yeah, yeah. He like your 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 twin brother who's genetically the same as you. Right. Yeah, like that's a good mirror, a good villain. Yeah, yeah. That 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 was a good one, but. You know, and you, you, you know, the corny answer would be, you know, not to call people corny, but you're corny if you said it. Um, Sephiroth, he's not, he's not that great. I knew that was going to happen. He didn't, I was, that's that's I, why I, I said I, it. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not that great. Don't even, don't even think. Don't. No, he is because, dude, <laughs> he just, he just came out for soup, the new Smash Brothers. No, okay, yeah, just, you know, and he's so badass with his one like, wing. He's, he's. He's so badass. Like, yeah, he's, he's, he is for me. Look, I mean, not the OG villain because nah, I definitely a, played games that had villains before that. But Final Fantasy VII, like for a lot of us that are similar age frame, that came out in your mid, like early to mid teens, mm. where like it's the perfect time. Right. For I mean, whatever whatever you're into, I was actually going to. I don't remember what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you where you were from and how you got into like heavy m- m- doom metal and metal. But but like, and I'm assuming you got into that stuff in like. There's this magic time from ten, eleven to seventeen, eighteen, uh, where it's like where your your taste is formed at like a fundamental level. Right. Like those are the things. Those are your heroes, the bands that were right. everything to you, the artists, the games, the villains, the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, those that's like a that's like a magical time. And yes, there's there's if you stay creative, and I imagine you run into this too because you're a creative person. Like I can still geek out about new shit the same way I geeked out about it when I was like eleven. Right. But it's not it's it's like 90% the same. There's 10% off the top where mm-hmm. you know, getting an N64 for Christmas at 13 years old, like there's just that might be the pinnacle of life and mm-hmm. I already experienced it. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, dang. But yeah, like 
I it started early for me. Like I, I was making the same music I'm making now during that you know ten eleven time frame. My my, my grandfather had a, a Insonic SD one keyboard, and I actually spent a lot of time just. You know, and at the time, I had no idea what I was doing. It wasn't like you know I knew like oh this is experimental music. Yeah, you know I just I he had it had a sound editor on there, you know synthesis, and I would make my own instruments, and everything I'd make sounded all dark, doomy, and. And, you know, yeah. and it, that was awesome to me. Like, I was like, oh, this is cool. It's like a horror movie. And I'd make all this noise. My grandmother would always yell at her, like, stop making all that noise. And I'm like, but it's not noise. This is dope. What are you talking about? You know, yeah. everybody else thought it was noise. <laughs> but I thought it was so cool. You, were, you know, that's and it's interesting, like, ah, if you can see yeah. me now, I'm famous over there. <laughs> 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 you know, but, but yeah. And, and so it's always been that. And then, so because I liked that so much, like, I looked for that in music. And I think for me, like music has always been soundtracks, whether it's video games or movies. And, you know, being that majority of what I watch is, you know, psychological horrors and, you know, thrillers and things like that, really deep cerebral type stuff, the music fits. So I've just been saturated with that my whole life. And so that's just where, mm. where it comes from. And so when it comes to like, you know, typical music and stuff, you want to find stuff like that. So like I listen to a lot of metal. I listen to um, a lot of Tool. Tool is awesome because polyrhythms. Oh, you big know. deal for me was yeah. Tool. Big that, deal for That's me, where definitely. that's like managed voice and polyrhythms are the things that like make Tool. Like yep. <laughs> it's just, it's perfect. There's yep. nothing you can, you can't tell me anything. Can't change my mind. And then, uh, yep. and then also the, all the subsequent, subsequent the, the band's. Outside of that, like, you know, Pussifer and, you know, Perfect Circle and, and all that. It's like, yeah, anything with Manor in it, it works. But, um, you know, Nine Inch Nails, uh, uh, Swallow yep. the Sun for, like, Doom and stuff. Like, and it, it, the reason why is because it's, like, like my music itself, it has to connect with me on an emotional level. Like, I can't, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, like, make me tear up a little bit or make me just, like, really feel it, then I'm like, oh, skip track. And if I have to skip track, then I might as well just not listen to it. <laughs> so it's like, so like I'm very like particular when it comes to like my listening experience, you know. So what's uh what's a song that consistently or the great like what song um, gets you the most emotional? Hmm. Most emotional. You know, I really like. See, there's a couple of them, but you know, like when you listen to like Schism, you really think about like the story that's going along there and then just the way the music plays out. Like we really connect on that level. It's like, man, this is really deep. Like you have to like, you know, there, there's, there's, there's multiple ways to look at what's happening there. And I think it's one of those songs that like connects with you, whatever situation you're going through, you know, it's like, this goes along with me losing my job today. And now I'm really feeling it. <laughs> or I lost my girlfriend yeah. today. I'm really feeling it. <laughs> I thought <laughs> you know? the song. I thought the song was about a relationship, a mm -hmm. breakup. Yeah, is that correct? That's what it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. what I took from it. And so it's like it. But it's like it's everything that they make. Like lyrically, it's like it's real deal situations. You get a lot of stuff like mm. in metal. Like like I love Mastodon. And Mastodon stuff is like you know it's storytelling. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's just like, you know, but fantasy it, yeah, storytelling. It's, and, it's more frivolous, right. kind of. It's less, but like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can tell with Tool, it's like, you know, in anything, anything that involves him, it's like, even in, in, in the Perfect Circles, Perfect Circles albums, they were always themed. Tool stuff is always themed. There's like, you know, this surrounding theme to every track, and the, every track is telling this, this full story. And so, you know, to say a specific song, it's tough. But to say those albums, 
You know, like yeah. Lateratus was great because that whole story. 13th Step was cool because it was Step's like, my favorite. you know, yep. it's like drug addiction and rehab and things that are going on and why those things happen. Um, you know, uh, same thing with the first album. What was the first Murder album? Murder Numbs. Yeah, Murder Numbs. That, that was cool. You know, I think around that time, I think it was when I'm, I might be wrong, but if I remember correctly, that was around the same time Manor lost his mother. And it was like, that's the depth of that it's like it's about loss and and you know dealing with that loss and there's a lot of like you know yeah that's you know, mad at the, god the, type stuff because yeah, all, you know yes. this, this is what he does and you but you're all you're praising him and blah, blah blah and look what has happened so it was like a lot of anger and frustration towards that situation and so yeah. the songs were, were were about that you know and it's just it's just really cool you know i still and, and you know and then the later albums were just more political like you know the 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 motive was was more political stuff was, and then same yes. kind of thing with um eat the elephant it's like it's still you know like about the times you know being stuck in the digital screen and following the yep. the influencers and, and so it's like i love when bands do that when there's a story it's like you know a lot of music these days you know people just make it and then they just I'm going to write some words to it and then throw it out there because I'm just trying to make some money or, you know, get my name out there. And it's like things like that resonate with me on, on another level because they're, they're, tell, they're, they're, they're pouring out their heart to you. They're saying, hey, this is my life situation. So I wrote songs about it and now I'm telling you about it so that you can understand where I'm, you know, it's, it's a way to get those emotions out. And there's like an mm. intimate relationship there because it's like you didn't have to share that with me in this capacity. You actually wrote a song about it, made music to it. And you you built that out to me and so you know it's it, that's that's the kind of vibe i try to do with my music like you know i have a situation or a feeling and you know i want to do the same thing i want to create music that says hey there's a story here let me sit down and listen to this and figure out what that is and even more so that it's you know it doesn't have lyrics so it's like you have to really go man i have to really feel what's going on here because there's no actual lyrics to tell me what's going on here so speaking of music uh for those who are uh interested in checking out your music where and what would you recommend someone start with to check start out your with, shit? Start with. Start with is hard. Most of all, the recent stuff is awesome. So if you start around the space between and work your way up, you, you're set. You're set to go. If you start with something like really, really new, a lot of the new stuff, I'm kind of like, it's, it's like a transition of experimenting with stuff. So it wasn't like, it's storytelling, but not like in the capacity of my storytelling. Like, like I think the, the, mo the recent album I did was based on Cthulhu myth mythos. So, it's, you know, it's not, it's not as personal as, like, those top, you know, earlier albums. Uh, okay. But, yeah. But, yeah, that, that, that's one of my favorites is The Space Between. And that was literally, like, you know, as I took a lot of emotions from being in the current situation that we're in right now of, like, you know, what comes next, you know, with this COVID thing and, you know, being stuck at home and loss and things like that. So it's like the, the time in between from this point to this point, what, you know, these are the feelings and emotions there. See, nobody mm. knew that. <laughs> I will, but, uh, I will, uh, I will take, uh, I will take a track off the space between mm -hmm. and use it in the intro. I'll go. find the one that I, nice. I like the most and put that in the intro. Where can people find you online, man? I'm always on Instagram. I, I can't deal with like all of the, the multiple dealings of social media. So I, I stick to one platform. <laughs> um, I'm on the other ones. You can find me on the other ones, but it's just basically getting like multicasted across them. I, but I, I, it's Instagram being posted everywhere else. But uh, so yeah. I'm on Instagram at um, it's BLKMTH. Um, and then all my music is anywhere you can find music. So Spotify, Apple Music, um, I'm in Bandcamp. 
Uh, that's where like, there's actually more music. albums on Bandcamp because I'm I, I hate the process of distributing music. Like it's so time consuming. So I take forever to put music on Spotify uh, and Apple Music. So and if, <laughs> they'll and be and there eventually, confused, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah, tedious. Yeah. I, I now see why a lot of people only put singles out because it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the single is the single is the new currency. Right. And if you're confused, like I was, because your your uh, Instagram is no O in Black Moth. Right. But on on the other places there is an O. So if you're trying yeah. to find him, uh, if it's outside of Instagram, Black Moth, Moth with the O. Oh yeah, the last thing I wanted to ask you about because we we in our Instagram texting as I was trying to seduce you to come onto the podcast. <laughs> which thank you so much for coming on. Hey, no problem. I legit appreciate it. I. I reach out to a lot of people and very few people say yes. So I appreciate it. Very like legitimately appreciate it. Um, I asked you if your name Black Moth was related to Mothman prophecies and mm -hmm. you sent me a picture of the, the, the Moth Owl thing. Um, <laughs> Mothman, speaking of super, we talked about superstition mm -hmm. and, and, and horror stories that, you know, Mothman isn't like hillbillies killing you. Right. But what, what gets me are those like movies that are based on true stories and then you look into the history and the news around like mm -hmm. so i watched mothman and then i also watched this game called oh not game sorry we've been talking about games movie <laughs> deliver deliver us from evil with eric yes. banna and then both of those movies i watched them not knowing <laughs> how much they were based on real shit mm -hmm. and then later i was like reading about it because i was like oh i want to read i have some questions so i get on reddit right i'm into the lore <laughs> finish the movie i gotta get online and start like see what people are saying the questions i have i find out mothman prophecy is like <laughs> fucking real <laughs> and i'm like what right? is happening <laughs> It, that movie, that movie, that 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 still creeps me out. Right, like they like, built there is a, something a whole going on entire there. like like museum-y style town around Mothman in, in Virginia. It's like, it's they're they're dead serious about that situation. It's it's real deal, and it's funny because like I look at the science of like cryptids and stuff like that. And I'm like, what if they really are out there? Like, there's you know, it, it's like when people are like, you know, this and this this animal or this situation is extinct or this doesn't exist or that doesn't exist, and then like. You know, some dude's out fishing and then he finds a coelacanth. It's like, okay, so if that can happen, then why can't this happen? You know, yeah. it, maybe those things are out there. Maybe those things are still around. You know, maybe they're in such small numbers that you just don't see them. You know, so it's it's really interesting. It's, it, yeah, it's if cool. anyone if anyone has not seen it or is or has seen it and didn't realize sort of where the inspiration from the movie came, I suggest get to your old Google, or your DuckDuckGo, whatever your search engine is, mm -hmm. and start typing in shit because it's going to blow your mind. Right. And uh, when I, like, I, yeah, I was just like, Black Moth, that's got to be related to Mothman oh, somehow because yeah. you're into dark <laughs> shit. So it has to be. It's yeah, like, It's like my favorite cryptid, man. He's, he's awesome. And, and he's in, in Fallout 76, so that that's where... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Sweet dude. Well, uh, I appreciate it. I gotta. I'm gonna pee my pants again. Everyone can find you. Um, it's been two hours. I'm trying to keep him at two hours. You're. Right, right. By the way, anytime you put out a release mm -hmm. and anytime you want to talk about games, just hit me up. You can come on right. anytime. There's yeah. only like like five. I mean, there's like three to five hundred people that listen to my podcast. It's pretty small, but you might get a couple extra fans. Yeah. Um, I'm always down to help you promo your music anytime right. you have a release or uh -huh. you want to talk about games. Just hit me up and we can do another episode. Yeah, I would definitely do that. I will definitely do that. Plus, it's, it's cool to have somebody to like chat about games with, <laughs> get yeah. my nerd out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, 
what I what I wanted with the podcast was like I, I do talk to like gaming people who do gaming podcasts mm-hmm. and collectors, but my original intention was to get creative. I've had so many producers on because I did the record label thing and I tried to make it as a producer for a decade, mm-hmm. um, and I had I met a lot of dope people and have a lot of relationships. So my first like 25, 30 episodes are all music producers, right? Because I just. Everyone I knew from the the, t- the decade doing music full time, like really going for it, was all into gaming for the most part too. Right. And so I just would bring them on, like let's talk about games and, and connect over games. And then I just I there's something about like then this honestly the reason why I reached out to you is I could tell you were into games at the same if not bigger level than I was. Like I just knew. <laughs> Based on like, even though you're you don't talk a ton about games on your Instagram, but you mentioned things about composing. And I don't know exactly what signal set me off, mm-hmm. but I was like, dude, this dude's a gamer. I need to <laughs> message him. Like, yeah. this dude's a gamer. I can tell. Oh, there's a couple of uh, uh, game soundtrack rework- reworks on uh, on my Instagram. I posted in the, over the couple past couple months. So there should be a whole lot more actually coming up soon. I'm about dude. to saturate my Instagram with that stuff. <laughs> but you could do like maybe you could just do a little preview and then have us some like YouTube content where it's longer. Like, oh yeah, that's I what would... I'm gonna do. I, I've been really looking into that. I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know, it's probably better to do the longer content on Instagram or on YouTube and then have the preview content on Instagram. So it's like, hey, you want to see the full length? You know, go there. Yeah. Uh, and that way, and it, I, you know, it's more of like yep. a portfolio of like, hey, this is what I do. You know. Yep. So. And I can imagine like if you're pitching and if you're trying to break into to working on games, mm-hmm. it's like. Want to see my work? Go to my YouTube channel. There's 15 soundtracks right. that I did to like games. You like my shit? Check it out. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think not only would it work for someone like me who's a fan of what you do and wants to hear more soundtrack stuff, mm-hmm. like as a consumer, as a like that would be great content for me as a fan. Right. But I also think it could double dip, like two for one, as as helping you get into the industry. Right. Because like it's cool to like send an email and be like, I make music, but if well, give me an example. If you have a game you've worked on, well, if you haven't worked on any games in an official capacity, maybe you have, I don't know, but let's say you haven't. Um, well, I haven't worked on a game in an official capacity, but I redid the soundtrack for Silent Hill, this section right. of the game. You can check it out, see how it plays out on in, uh, YouTube. I think that would be a two for one right. for you. Yeah, absolutely right. Not that I'm telling you what to do. I just no, think no, your no, shit no, is no. dope. It's a good idea. And I yeah. Want you- yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm dude. All about well, to I'm going to some insight. That's a, that's feedback is the best. So <laughs> it is general real uh, feedback given in good faith from yeah. a constructive place is good. <laughs> yep. The other feedback is you should just ignore it because it's bullshit. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's been awesome. Everyone have a good night. All Black right. Moth. Check him out. Instagram is the main place you can find his music everywhere where you consume music. Apple, Spotify, yada, 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 yada. Doombient, <laughs> ambient, dark shit. But you also have some. Uh, some beats too oh, older yeah. in your discography yeah, yeah. so everything if you uh, like I've, I've talked about Lauren a lot on this podcast if you like dark ambient cinematic it's uh, it's not club music you're too old for that shit anyway you don't go to the <laughs> club anymore listen to Black Moth alright adios everybody bye bye